The following podcast is work safe. That's it. Now just breathe. Breathe or uh, increase the velocity of your cooling fans or something. Okay. Stay with the bird. Okay. Ouch. Here it comes. Don't worry. It's time for our baby to be bird fed. I know. That's why I'm standing here with my catcher's mitt. Wow. Zero zero one one zero one 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 zero one one zero one zero 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 one zero one zero 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 one 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 zero one 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 zero one zero one second octet zero zero one one hundred zero zero one zero one zero one one zero one 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 my full Trolls review, starting with Trolls Treasure Island for the NES and Trolls in Crazy Land. I'll also be reviewing Trolls Island for the Super Nintendo, Trolls with a Z, Hair Affair for the Game Boy Advance, and maybe even a little bit of Arthur and the Invisibles for the Game Boy Advanced. Oh my god! That's awesome! My son! He's our bouncing baby boy. Hey! Don't forget stone protectors, they're radical! Oh yeah! I wish there was a Street Sharks game! What about SWAT cats? Oh, my love, you have helped me create the best baby ever! That's why they call me Stinky! 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 Huh? What? I'm doing a show here! Oh, good. Must have been having a nightmare! No, it's having a dream! And you were there? And you, and you were there, and we all were there, and my baby was there. Um, our baby is still in the old tin oven. Our little biscuit. Oh, that makes me tear up. All right, all right, well anyway, we're, it's time for the show, episode 21, this is a huge show, Stink, and TT. I'm your host, Wiggly, in the booth, Keith LaPosh. Yo. Sitting to my right and now walking out of the room weeping was T.T. Uh, Schmootkins. And in a pool of his own drool, sitting in a closet on a pizza box. Aha! But it's from Pizza Como USA. Now, if you haven't tried the rest, try the best. And the better than the rest is the... All right, we get it. It's the same thing at every pizza joint. The best. Stinky the Game Master. Stinky! Boy, have I got a great show planned for you guys. All right, all right. Don't remind me of all the hours I had to spend on my games to review. But like I mentioned, we have an incredibly stacked show. It's our second annual co-op for the kids. Wait until you hear the fantastic charity items we have in store for you. All original created art from video game related artists. It's amazing stuff. I'll be talking about that in a little while with Kyle Von Kubik, also Johnny Capcom, 2PyR, Eric Alex, and a break-in update about the We Talk Games Fight Network. Plus, I think a review of about a half a million games. So we got to start, Stink. In fact, let's not start. Let's go! Does sound like a robot. This must be the retro review part. Because if it's from the 80s, you must sing like robot. 
for downloadable arcade fun at home, my goodness, you are going to go broke. But remember to put some loot aside for our fantastic charity auction. Remember, 100% of the proceeds goes to the Children's Miracle Network. It's all thanks to the hooks put in place by eBay. eBay has an awesome feature where you can just put things up for auction and just have 100% of the proceeds can go to charities of your choice. And each year we put up original items you can't get anywhere else, especially not in this configuration. All video game related and 100% of the proceeds go to the Children's Miracle Network. So stay tuned for that information. Now because there were so many downloadable games released, I'm only going to do an abridged version on this show. I'm going to do a full downloadable gaming at home breakout bonus level in the very near future. We're also long overdue for a portable gaming and believe it or not, I'm actually going to be doing a Wii breakout bonus level. I probably have to do that by myself as well. Speaking of the Wii... If you have one of those, and really, who doesn't? It's right next to your toaster, probably. It's that much of an institution in the American household. Super Nintendo Mystic Quest, $8. If you want to get a break-in course to playing role-playing games, this is the place to start. If you've never played a role-playing game in your life, what are you doing listening to this show, number one? Welcome. Welcome to the human race. <laughs> and uh, Mystic Quest for the Super Nintendo is a great place to start. If you're an avid gamer or you are an advanced role-playing gamer, uh, you might want to skip Mystic Quest. Arrow the Acrobat 2 came out. Now you can complete your Arrow the Acrobat collection for the Super Nintendo as well. For the arcade releases, two great Capcom classics. Sun Sun, it's the classic Chinese monkey god tale and, and your little pig characters. Well, Sun Sun, and I think his name is Bun Bun or Yan Yan. can't remember what the pig with the big concrete hammers called. If you never played this game before, it's like a scrolling mappy with no trampolines and you also have shooting going on. Plus, Wolf of the Battlefield Commando is also released. Classic top-down scrolling run and gun with Commando. And both of those will run you eight bucks a piece. For the Neo Geo, a Data East explosion. Well, at least three games. Magical Drop, if you want to do your anime block dropping puzzle game, great. Two players simultaneously, if you like. Spin Master, we just talked about this. Yo-Yo action platformer, fantastic. And my favorite basketball, Street Slam. We're playing three-on-three, three, street basketball. If you want to show up, you got to answer the call, or something of that nature. Great music. It's like NBA Jam without NBA and made out of pixel art. It's also pretty easy, but I love it. I don't care. I go through it all the teams, and I listen to that great music. On the not data east side of the house, Fatal Fury 3, Road to Final Victory came out, and Samurai Showdown 3 as well. Big 3 area. And all the Neo Geo titles in the United States of America will run you $9. In the WiiWare section, more demos. Yes, that's great. But the most important release, I think, Bit Trip Fate came out. $8. And I hope to have a full review of this on the bobble. Let's just say, if you want to put a shooter on rails... That's what you got. You got a shooter on rails, except that the rail is like Mr. Do's roller coaster type of thing happening. You will see Commander Video stuck in a bullet hell title. This is, I, I, I got to do it on a full review because it, it's really something. I, I didn't know what was going on at first, if this was tongue in cheek. And then I realized, no, it's not. It's awesome. It's amazingly awesome. It's either... The greatest area for him to go or the worst area for him to go. It's an amazing maturation and exploration, in my opinion, of the Bit Trip series. And I ended up settling on, of course, 
Of course it would. And once again, these are all abridged reviews. I'm going to have a full review in the breakout bonus level of downloadable arcade at home for the Xbox 360. Did you know that in the United States, if you do a 360, you're right back where you started from? It might be the same in other lands as well. The new releases are now shuffled around on the selection menu, but if you can find them, some interesting titles come out. Of course, I could not wait for Hudson's Bomberman Return. Bomberman Battlefest Live is happening now. $10. Now, I was leery and incredibly excited about this release because I noticed that it was polygonal. And right away, I'm very scared. But then I also noticed that your costume Bomberman, you could be a cowboy, a nurse, the Grim Reaper. Now you're getting closer. You have online multiplayer Bomberman in costumes. You're getting closer. You're getting closer to Bomberman S. And indeed, there are big power-ups. It's fun. But the polygonal viewpoint makes it difficult to hide behind a barrier out of the bomb lane. And let's face it, you have to be very precise if you have bombs and lanes on either side of you to get behind that little barrier. And I have these big polygonal feet that just stick out and you don't know where you are, so it leads to a little bit of frustration. So close. So close. Try to demo, see what you think. Crazy Taxi, the arcade version of Crazy Taxi, $10. It's a little stretched when you look at it, but it looks like it's the full arcade release, complete with the pop-up of that age's hardware, and perhaps some updated music. I don't know, I'll have to play it a little bit more, and then I'll have to play it on my Dreamcast and see what I think. Put them side by side. Pac-Man Championship Edition DX also came out, 10 bucks. It came out for the PlayStation as well, and Kyle Von Kubik will be talking about that in just a little while. Gun Wage. I don't know how you say that. Gunwange. Gunwange. It's another in the series of cave, console, and portable gaming releases of their classic shooters. Gunwange is unique in the fact that you're running. Your, your character runs across the land. A lot like Kiki Kai Kai, Pocky and Rocky, except a lot faster and it's bullet hell. And you do your magic and your different things as you run. And when you're firing, you become like a turret. If you just tap on the button, tap on the fire, you can run and gun. Now, there are some modes in there that you have to buy the full version to take advantage of, so I don't really know. I'll have to give a full review at a later date. Another one that you might want to keep your eye on is more pixel goodness. King of Fighters 2002 Unlimited Match. Three-on-three fighting, online mode supported, Neo Geo at home. And it's masked on the side because it's a more 3 by 4 type of aspect ratio. Now, two big titles I recommend you picking up because they are available for the price of zero. Harm's Way by Microsoft Studio. It's a racing game or shooting game, depending on what you want to do. It's online, race and snipe if you like, two to eight player co-op. You have versus mode. You have achievements. You're either driving around a racetrack trying to get in first place against three other opponents Or you're a sniper. You can position yourself at different sniping points live as the race cars go around the track and you try to shoot at them and you score points by shooting at them. And I guess if you're doing co-op, you're trying to make your teammate's car win by sniping out your opponents. So it's kind of cool. It looks good. For a free game, I'm really surprised. And another fun game out of Microsoft Studios is Doritos Crash Course. Wow! If Trials HD was a free game and a foot race against time in a cartoon Ninja Warriors environment, you will get this Doritos Crash Course. I'm surprised at how fun and how cool this game is. You're your little Xbox avatar, and you run across an exaggerated 
Ninja Warriors type of obstacle course. You fall off a platform, you fall into the water, you can dash, and when you dash it, you can only do it for a limited amount of time before you get queasy and fall over. There's big padded hammers that can either knock you into the background or into the foreground, and the glass breaks on your television, so you might want to use an old TV for this. (laughs) Ha ha! No. But I hope that we see more of this. This is pretty great to get these uh, free titles. And I wouldn't call them B titles at all. Well, I would call them B titles. I wouldn't call them C titles. C titles. For the PS3, get ready to break the bank again. This is uh, this is unfair to gamers. More Japanese PS1 titles hit the PlayStation Store. Block Kids and Arcade Shooters Delight Sonic Wings Special. And Dezayman Plus. Dezayman Plus, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. That's the build-your-own sprite-based shooter creation game that came out for the original PlayStation. Now, I heard mixed reviews of that back in the day, but it's been a long time. But they say that you can share your created shooters with your friends online, so I don't know. Did they just write that because that's what the original game did, or or can you really do that? That's kind of neat. And also Galaxy Fight, a great Neo Geo fighting game. A little bit bizarre, a little bit awesome. Love it. Sackboy Prehistoric Moves came out. The only reason I bring this up is because if you want to download this, it's probably free. I know it's free to Plus members. But this is a few new levels, a little big planet. But you have to play two-player co-op. One person controls Sackboy with the regular controller. The other person uses the move controller. And they can point at special pink areas and actually move parts of the environment around. Although that might seem lame, it's actually kind of cool because... Sackboy can ride on the different objects that you're moving around, and it lends to the puzzle elements of the little big planet. So, if you have a move and you have PlayStation Plus, you get this for free, and you have another person to play with, then you might have a good time. DC Universe Online Beta also came out, and X Men Arcade Classic now with online features six on a couch or the internet. The Xbox, you'll only be able to play four locally because of the limitations of the controller. And this is unbastardized graphically. I did hear that they re-recorded new voice acting, but it is in all its pixel glory. You have the full Japanese and U.S. release in this download. And you can either play the four-player, which is in a more three-by-four aspect ratio, or the double monitor, all put together as one monitor, widescreen, six-player version. You can hide the wallpaper, as they call it, which is made to look like some sort of technology-laden steel wall. And you can turn on or off the filtering and do some other features like screen stretching. This is the exact type of release I was hoping they would do for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and now they did it for the X-Men Arcade video game, and I'm very happy about that. I hope that it does well, and maybe we'll even see another game. I I, I won't say the title, but I'll just go... Neo Geo Station. This has me excited. This is coming out to celebrate the 20th anniversary. As far as I know, it's going to be a PSP and PS3 exclusive. It's online versus and co-op downloadable games from the entire Neo Geo library, as far as I know. Games will be $9 for the PS3, $7 for the PSP. Boo! You're going to have to buy separate versions for each device. But yay! Magician Lord and League Bowling are scheduled for January. Dragon's Lair, full, <laughs> Dragon's Lair, ten bucks. You can get that game for your PS3 as well. Voodoo Streaming Movie Service also released. This is, uh, I guess, in competition with the Netflix. I don't know. Maybe a little tit for tat, the way that Netflix sort of snubbed their nose to Sony in the beginning, or maybe none of that. 
But most likely the most exciting thing, sticking with the superheroes. I mean, we had DC Universe Online Beta, X-Men Arcade, and now we have the Marvel Pinball $9.99 for the newest Zen installation of Marvel Pinball. Now you might be saying, geez, one table, ten bucks, what the, what gives? Now, this is like a full encapsulated Zen Pinball or Pinball FX or Pinball FX 2 just featuring Marvel tables. You have four tables when you start. Wolverine, Iron Man, Spider-Man, and Blade. Plus some empty slots for future downloads. Now I'll be talking about Pinball FX 2 with Kyle. Now Marvel Pinball, you have three to four automatons per table. And you have that live ranking status pop-up distraction implemented on this as well. We see that in Pinball FX 2. It's four-player hot seat. You have a huge cavalcade of polygon Marvel heroes and villains cheer you on as your total ranking is calculated, as long as you're in first place. And the tables look more realistic than any pinball game I've yet to see. The bumpers, the flippers, the paint, the plastic bits, the lighting, all perfect. And come on, playing multi-ball with a green goblin pumpkin ball in the mix? Worth ten bucks on its own. And that's all I want to talk about now. Let's get on with the show. This is a stat show. Let's get Kyle Von Kubik on the horn. The cop from Caprica, 20 years in the past. Kyle Von Kubik, come in. Form of an icicle. <laughs> that, that's a perfect time. I'm sorry, I thought in. we were fighting Sinestro. Ah, uh, right, right. Uh, shape so. of an alien animal that has a motorboat for a back. Awesome. Yeah. Isn't that what the Wonder Twins always did? They turned it. Like, one was an animal and one was water <laughs> right, or a liquid but, of some kind. But, you know, he, he turned into like a, a, an outboard motor made of ice. Yes. It was yes. like never a snowball or something. No. Never something really made of water or ice. It was always some type of far-fetched, uh, you know, a water slide with an inner yeah. tube made of water. And a key made of ice to yeah, exactly. unlock this lock. Yeah. And an yep. animal would be an alien animal that has suction cups for feet and a radar for eyeballs. Right. All right. Anyway, um, Wonder Twin. Hey, powers. what's going on? Was there ever a Wonder Twin game? I don't think so. I hope not. Well, what would have been worse is when like, they had that Scooby-Doo and Marv were the sidekicks for the Super Friends? Remember, it was yes. like a dog, and then the the uh, I don't, he was he was part Shaggy, part Fred, uh, and he wore a green cape. I remember that. I think his Do name. Do you was, remember was, when uh, Batman or Scooby Doo met Batman? It was Adam West and Burt Ward. Yes, of course. Yeah, that's that was classic. Great. That was awesome. Hey, and, speaking of Dino Mutt. Yes. <laughs> let's talk about Fallout New Vegas. Oh, all right. Uh, you want to just jump right in? Well, uh, yeah, let's jump right. It's been a while, man. I've been playing games. Well, what about when we used to do an obscure video game commercial as the lead-in? Oh, man, I remember those. <laughs> yeah. Let's no get one nostalgic knew. and do this. All right, ready? We'll get back to Dino Mud in okay, a second. Okay, here we go. Push the buttons! Yes, remember that? push the buttons. Yes. <laughs> hey, did you know... Hey, oh, thanks I, for giving I, me credit for that, by the way. You're welcome. And, and I can't tell you something special about that. Oh, no? But people can figure, you know, they can put three and two together and make nine. I heard Emo Phillips bumped you out for announcer on the PC version. Is this true? No, they couldn't afford Emo. They had to go with uh -huh. Carrot Top. He worked oh, for, I gotcha. Yeah, he works for uh, steroids. So. <laughs> steroids and eyeliner. Exactly. Uh, th that's tattoo eyeliner. He has to get that rejuvenated every five years. Sure. All right, let's talk games. Let's. So Fallout New Vegas, Dynamut. 
What yeah, else is there to say? I heard that this is awesome. Uh, you know what? It, only in the Fallout series would such a broken mess be acceptable. <laughs> okay. I love this game. But let's get honest. It is a broken mess. Okay. I've had this game crash out on me more times than, than would be acceptable with any other game. But because it's Fallout... <laughs> I just accept it. I, I, I get up, I reset the PlayStation, and get right back into the the game. There's so much to do. It's such a, you know, there's, there's so much going on that you, you kind of forgive the game for falling apart every hour or so. Fall apart, New Vegas. Yeah, that's what it should be called. You know what? It's a lot of the same. Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas, a lot of recycled assets. Uh, in the beginning, I, I kind of felt that the game was a little directionless. It didn't hold your hand as much as Fallout 3 did. You know, when you start in the vault, it kind of gives you the mechanics and you get your bearings. And then it opens up and then the first city is pretty much right there. And, and it kind of leads you in this direction for the main uh, story arc. With Fallout New Vegas, it kind of plopped you in the universe, and it was up to you to keep digging to follow that story arc. So when I was talking about it with friends, I said, yeah, you know what? My first impression was it's kind of directionless. It wasn't giving me a direction. It was just like, here, go. You're in this open sandbox. Go play. But then as I started going through the game and I got closer and closer to uh, New Vegas, which is, you know, the post-apocalyptic Las Vegas, mm-hmm. the game started to develop more and more. And it was almost this culmination of once you got into New Vegas, it's like, all right, here it is. Here's the main story. And you could go full force. You can just complete the rest of the game. Or now you can go back and start to, uh, you know, pick up the side quest and, and go back to that town that was off a little too far away and there was some really tough insects kicking your butt. Now you can go back there and uh, you know investigate what was going on. So it, it kind of funneled you in the right direction. I just didn't realize it at first. You don't start in New Vegas, obviously. You start outside. I, I believe you're in New Mexico when you first start and you work your way through the Mojave Desert. And uh, again, more of the same. If you enjoyed Fallout 3, you're already playing this. But if you're new to the Fallout series, I'd probably suggest playing Fallout 3 first, especially because you can get it at a very low price now. Mm-hmm. And then uh, see if that's for you. And then if it is and you really dig it and you dig the game crashing on you all the time, you'll <laughs> totally enjoy Fallout New Vegas. It's a great game. They, they did little tweaks here and there that made the game a little more interesting. There's this hardcore uh, mode now where you have to keep your character fed in that Tamagotchi mode. Mm. I chose not to do that because I didn't like that. And what, what game was that? Uh, Grand Theft Auto uh, San Andreas. You know, I want to play a Grand Theft Auto game. Mm-hmm. I don't want to f- have a Tamagotchi as my main character. <laughs> i got to feed him and exercise him and everything else. I'm not interested in this. I, you know what? I beat that game. Right. Yeah, you know, you dug that game. I I didn't really care for it. I just beat it. You just beat it? Yeah. I, yeah, you know, it, see, it I didn't was, like it. It, it, didn't. it was kind of crazy when you, when you got on a jet plane. I thought that was really something. Pedaling a bicycle, Grand Theft Auto. I don't know. Just <laughs> I liked for me. It. I liked it. I liked it. But, uh, but then know, again, they, I had hot coffee going on. So you know. Oh, I see. I see how it is. Mm-hmm. Pervert. Anyway, uh, the game, like I said, is more of the same, but in a good way. Little uh, tweaks here and there. And talk about the game crashing. There's a lot of times where uh, VATS, uh, that's that system you go into so you can do multiple headshots or whatever. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get the game to go into VATS. Mm-hmm. And um, that kind of breaks the game a little bit. It, it uh there's a lot going on. I really hope they patch it more because I know that a patch is already going out. But um, again, because it's Fallout, it's acceptable. So and people are playing and enjoying and having fun. So am I.
Is it a full price game or how does that it work? It totally is a full price game. A lot okay. of people were saying that, it, you know, it, it felt like it was overpriced DLC. Uh, I think the game's a little bigger than mm-hmm. the DLC. And of course, with these Fallout games, that's the whole hook too, right? Right. Uh, yeah. Buy this yeah. game and there's a ton of great DLC that comes out. I'm sure there's some great DLC mm-hmm. just in uh, just around the corner for this game. And I'm excited for that. I'm still chipping away at it. You know, I, I don't want to complete the game yet. And uh, I work a very hectic schedule, so I can only put in like an hour or two every night. But um, I'm just going through the side missions, going through my own pace and having a good time because uh, I don't want it to end. Here's something we've discussed in the past. Normally, when you play a, a game where you can choose the gender of your character, uh, what gender do you pick, Wiggly? Uh, woman. Do you? No. No, Not I don't first. either. Not first. Right, but I actually heard about this through the grapevine, that there was a whole bunch of different perks and options to go along with being a female character in Fallout New Vegas. Oh. What's common for me to do with the Fallout games and games similar to this is I'll re-roll my character. I'm going to get a little geeky here. Like, I'll start <laughs> playing the game, and I'm like, oh, I really don't like that decision. I don't really like how my character is turning out. And I'll go back, even though I'm like, you know five six ten fifteen hours in and start all over again so when i heard about this i heard about all these other perks and options i'm like you know what i'll go back and i'll try being a female and the reason why is because there's this perk called the black widow and it gives you a a damage bonus against male characters well 90 percent of what you fight in the game happens to be male characters so i'm like that's kind of cool and then there was also different dialogue options for instance the caesar's legion faction views women as objects so when i roll up as a female character i was uh insulted by characters and talked down to by characters which i wouldn't have ever experienced that dialogue those dialogue options if i continue to play down the route of being a male character so it was kind of cool uh you know it was just a nice change up and i thought that was cool and it got me thinking like how much dialogue do you think is in a game as big as like a fallout that you'll never hear You know, there's probably hours and hours of recordings that you'll just miss because you didn't go down that hallway or you didn't open the door. You didn't ask this one guy at the end of the bar this specific question. So, you know, it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. The reason why I bring up Dynomutt is because the companion system in Fallout New Vegas is one of those little tweaks that really uh, makes the game a little more interesting. There's a whole bunch of companions you can find. There's a robot. There's a robotic dog. There's a bunch of different characters who all have different affiliations. The main crux of the story is there's a big war going on between the uh, New California Republic and Caesar's Legion, which is this radical group who uh, follow almost the ancient Roman uh, philosophy, kind of a Spartan life, uh, opposed to the uh, what's left of the fragmented American government. And they're going at it. It's all culminating over this big battle at the Hoover dam and you can choose to pick one side or the other go into business for yourself and there's all these different characters who have different alliances between not only those two factions but some of the smaller factions all these type of gangs the that are peppered in throughout the mojave desert and you can choose to ally with them as well they've abandoned the karma system 
mm. for this reputation system. And the reputation system, I actually think, is, is much better than the karma system. Karma still pops up, but it doesn't really have as much of a bearing on the overall game as this reputation system does. So if you choose to align yourself with, let's say, the new California Republic, then your reputation with uh, Caesar's Legion will drop dramatically and vice versa. That also with the little gangs, you can actually get the, these little gangs that are peppered all over the Mojave Desert to align themselves with you so you're not falling into conflicts as much. But what I don't like about this system is the armor that you acquire throughout the game. Some of it doesn't have any sort of defining characteristic, but some of it does. Some of it's NCR armor, some of it's Caesar's Legion armor. If you wear this, despite whatever your reputation is, if you're wearing armor that is the opposition of another faction, they're going to start shooting at you. Even if you're standing there, they're totally cool with you, you switch out armor right in front of them, <laughs> they'll start shooting at you. Gotcha. That, I, I don't really dig so much. And, you know, you'll put armor on because it's just better armor. You're not caring about what a allegiance the armor has mm -hmm. but um then you'll find yourself getting shot at by people you think are allies but it's because you're wearing a costume sure so i see where they were going with that i don't know if it was the best way to do it but um the game will remind you every now and again hey by the way you're wearing seizures legion armor hey by the way you're wearing ncr armor mm. to give you that little prompt like oh you know what i'm going towards an opposing territory I should probably take this off but sometimes just simply forget you're flying your colors you're flying your color right i mean i get it yeah it just it wasn't horrible it wasn't game breaking like you know the game falling apart but um it was annoying every so often so i just i avoided wearing any armor that had mm. any sort of characteristic like that with the companions the companions make the game a, a lot easier because some of them are very good at what they do especially one sniper character but occasionally you'll have to switch people out again because of their alliances you don't want to bring somebody who's aligned with the ncr into caesar legion territory when you're trying to pretend that you're on their side because regardless of what you're trying to do this character will go into business for himself <laughs> and just ruin it for you so you'll have to send them back to base my pro player tip about this is actually go back to base and tell him that you're leaving him there uh-huh don't tell him you know two feet outside of whatever town you're going into hey go back to base because he will physically start walking back to the base and he will get lost and you will never find him oh i see yeah so make sure you bring him back to base and then tell him hey go back to base that way he'll walk there or you can tell him to go back to his hometown which is you know whatever that companion's hometown is which is fine but again bring that character back there don't send them on their own because they'll get hung up they'll die they'll get lost you won't find them Another pro player tip, I ran into this, some other people haven't. There's one part in the game with your companion, he's a robot, you can upgrade him. I found that after I upgraded him, despite them telling me they were going to upgrade his weapon systems, he stopped fighting altogether. <laughs> so some glitch happened there, and the character was pretty much useless for the rest of the game, so I had to restart. Hmm. Uh, that was a little annoying as well. So uh, until you see a patch drop for, uh, I'm playing on the PlayStation 3, don't upgrade your robot. Leave him alone. Gotcha. Or just have an earlier save and see, you know, what happens if you try it again. But uh, again, I'm having a lot of fun with the game. A lot of side quests, like every Fallout. A lot of great storylines. You know, I find that the, the side quests actually have more interesting storylines going on than the main story. It's good. It's, it's Fallout. Hey, you know we love our pinball. Yes. And uh, Pinball FX2 came out 
what was that, like a year ago? Is that the last time we did a show? Yeah, uh, we have these uh, <laughs> annually, I think. Yeah. Definitely. So it came out a long time ago, and I'm sure that anyone that listens to this show probably already owns it. Uh, although sure. I've only seen like three people on my challenge list, and what? right now, right now I'm the pinball king. <laughs> yeah, I just got the crown. I took the crown from Vision X. Uh, I got but, you. But I think no one's really been playing this too much because there's just so much other stuff, and it's a great game to go to when you're burnt out on uh, all your other titles and you've you've reached a a sweaty palmed level of Super Meat Boy, and now you need to take a break so that you don't uh, blow your brains out. Mm. Um, Pinball FX Two. Big graphic updates on yeah. the original pinball effects. First of all, the, f- the thing is free. Now, I didn't know if I got this for free or if I paid for it. It was very hard for me to tell. And then when I went in there, I was like, okay, I see my old tables. They've been updated. They, they don't change really in appearance, but they have new, um, what do you call this, Microsoft achievement things. Right. And uh, they're also part of your comparative list. So you can play your Nightmare Mansion, your Rocky and Bullwinkle, Street Fighter II, your um, Earth Defense, Mm -hmm. and uh, what other one? The High Speed, uh, the Extreme Agents, Buccaneer, all those things. Of course, not the ones for the PlayStation, like Tesla and things like this. Right. And Ninja Gaiden, that's another one that only came out for PlayStation, which is sad, because that was a pretty good table. Oh, you mean Ninja Gaiden Sigma 2? Sigma Alpha 2? Sigma Alpha 2 Championship Edition. Yes. Zed. and uh, Yeah. So... uh, Version Blue. (laughs) Now Gold and Silver, if you get them now. The, uh, which contains the green and the red version both together. Diamonds. <laughs> okay. Get forever. Let's we get we could do that. Yeah. This could go on for hours oh, if we yes, name all could. the Pokemons. Um, got to catch them all, though, number one. And got to own them all, even though you've already played through them several times. Yeah. Uh, Pinball FX2. I'm in there and I'm like, okay, well, I'll play some of the Pinball FX2 tables. It says buy it. So I don't know. Did I did I already buy it? Why am I spending ten more dollars? I, I don't think I ever bought it. I think the I think the download is free for Pinball mm. FX two, and then you can play all your other older titles uh, with the, this new buddy system. Compare to your friends, see their avatar jump up and down, wear a crown on your head, that type of thing. Gotcha. I finally picked up the new tables last night, and I only played this for maybe about an hour, a little over an hour, and tried out some of the tables. You have Pasha. I love this table. Number one, I told you that the graphics are bumped up to nth degree. Right. The tables are far more complicated now, but not not overwhelming. What do you mean more complicated? Harder shots or more toys or... The animations, the interaction with the tables. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, this Pasha is set up like an Arabian Nights type of theme. So there's, you know, like veiled women and they're very pretty and uh, a lot of, you know, heavy Persian influences. And there's this genie. Well, the genie is part of the table and he looks like he's just painted on there. But when you unlock a few things, the genie turns transparent and now there's a mini table underneath. So okay, you're, cool. you know, you're playing one of these drop tables. You know me, I'm not the biggest fan of emulation style pinball. I like a pinball table like Alien Crush, like Devil's Crash, like um 
even uh, the the Tecmo uh, arcade pinball uh, pinball something or others. I like. Yeah, I love that game. <laughs> I like when you're just looking top down. All those great ones from Sierra, you know, with the with the different themes. Even the NASCAR pinball, I love that. So I like the ones that are top down and you see the entire screen and mm-hmm. things like that. Even if it scrolls a little bit. But this is the first 3D pinball that I think I'm really completely sold on uh, because I, I I can follow it for the most part. I still prefer the top down, but this is this is getting close, getting closer, brother. And uh, this Pasha Rome is no different. All the neat little effects you have. Almost every table has its own robotic animatron that's you know uh, interacts with your ball and things like that. A la Ninja Gaiden and that giant robot one on the attack from space. What was that called? Oh, Earth Defense. Yeah, Earth Defense. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's another yeah. one that that you can compare scores on uh, with mm-hmm. as well. I think I mentioned it. So you have that. You have BioLab, which uh, I haven't played yet. Secrets of the Deep, I played, loved it, and uh, I think there might be another one or two. But these tables are very deep. If you say ten bucks to me, normally you would say that's pretty high for mm-hmm. you know the downloadable guys. But when you stack it up at two dollars a piece, it it pretty much averages out to that. And the complexity of these tables really makes it worth it. So yeah, uh, Zen, Zen Studios head and shoulders uh, above everybody else putting out pinball games. Well, I mean, you've played them. I've yeah. played them. It, you can't go better than that. So it it's almost like if you if you love pinball as much as we do, because we don't shut up about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's well worth the money you're going to spend because it's something you can always go back to. You know, I, exactly. I still play my Zen pinball just as much as I go back and play Peggle. You know, it's, sure. it's just there, and sometimes I don't feel like playing a heavy game. I want to play Tesla for 45 minutes, <laughs> yeah. and that's what I'll do with the multi-ball. And, and it's great that you can try to beat your friend's scores without them even being in a room or without right. having to wait for them to complete their turn. Yes, that's that's definitely something uh, I'm very interested in. Because you know your friend gets on a streak, and then you you have like five beers by the time you're done, and then you're <laughs> oh you've too, been there too then yeah, yeah. yeah, and you start smoking. You know you never smoked before, but now all of a sudden you're you starting. Pick it up yeah. just because. <laughs> And you're already on two packs a day. You uh, never <laughs> smoked before, so uh, that yeah, that I think the pinball effects is really cool, and I know uh, a lot of people are already on that and enjoying it. Speaking of downloadable fun at home, let's talk about Pac-Man Championship Edition DX. All right, cool. Because I downloaded this, I haven't had a chance to play it, and I'm very interested in knowing how much I'm going to like it. Oh, you're going to like it. Okay. No, you know, I know Namco had this idea. How do we celebrate 30 years of Pac-Man? Uh, do we do it with the Mario Party clone? Yeah. Uh, perhaps uh, a gravestone somewhere? No. We do it by putting out uh, a sequel to a game that I, I didn't think you could put a sequel out yeah, to. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, the, the original, I love it. Yeah. I, I, I love Championship Edition, especially because I shellac you in it. Oh, yeah. But, Everybody does. <laughs> but, because it's also my, a great game. My grandmother shellacs me in it. She's dead. <laughs> yeah. I heard about this game coming out. I'm like, how, you know, I heard about tons of ghosts on screen and this, that. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. How do, you, how do you follow that game up? Well, this is how you do it. It's like the first one, and it's in the same vein, but it's a completely different game. Pac-Man was never a game about just eating dots. It was all about patterns mm-hmm. and 
points and chains and getting into that sort of sequence where you could maximize uh, the most points per screen. And this game takes full advantage of that. What it has now are these green ghosts, which you aggro, and then they kind of follow you around. Actually, they don't kind of. They definitely follow you around, <laughs> uh, much like the game Snafu or Snake. Mm. Oh, gotcha. And, yeah, so you have this trail of ghosts behind you, and then eventually you build up this huge train, and you'll eat a power pellet, and then just gobble up all these goats, ghosts and get a huge point bonus. This game is a lot like, and I had these feelings of Rally X. Oh, okay? great. That's one Another of my Namco classic, yeah. where the stages were built very much like a Rally X track, where you're trying to avoid hitting into the ghosts, yourself and this train behind you the game moves at such a great speed that they actually did this thing where they slow down just before you hit a ghost so you can quickly go left right but sometimes because of this tail behind you you can't really go anywhere so they have the addition of a bomb and it throws them all back into the ghost house (laughs) and then you can continue eating up the dots getting points and then they'll come back out and follow you now each time you do this each time you gobble up all these green ghosts another classic ghost is added into the mix so now you have these ghosts that trail you like a tail as well as having your classic inky blinky uh clyde and whoever else i'm forgetting added to the mix they're kind of uh the rogue ghosts they don't follow you into a pattern you can get them locked into it but they're also there to keep things different very hard game to explain i'm trying to do my best but it really is so good i would go on to say it is the best downloadable game of the year yeah i'd have to say it definitely is the best downloadable game of the year second only to uh super meat boy of course (laughs) but both of these i mean these two games are the best of the best as far as downloadable gaming is concerned i am loving this game the only thing i'm going to say is it is a lot easier Hmm. than the original game but it's different and it's fun and it's addicting and uh, i just want to get a higher and higher score and you know claw my way up the rank i'm you know i'm like way way down and um I don't have anybody on uh, PlayStation 3, friendsless, playing the game, so I can't compare my scores like I could with the Xbox. But I'm just having a blast playing this game. I definitely recommend it. Definitely worth the money. And uh, I I hope you play it soon because I know you're going to love this game. All right. You know what? That reminded me. I didn't download this because I wanted to check to see if it did come out for the PS3. So I'm glad to hear that it did. Yes, it, it did, and it's uh, it's great. It's lovely. The music is cool. There's the options to change the visuals, so you can make it look like Championship Edition. You can make it look like Classic Pac-Man. You can make it look like, what was that Pac-Man with the Legos, the 3D, or the fake 3D, where it was on a, a Lego board? Pac-Mania. Pac-Mania. Yeah, Pac-Mania. Which was very, it was a very odd title back in the day. It, it, for some reason, they decided to have the maze of Pac-Man be built out of Legos yeah. and have these like uh, pre-rendered 3D-ish versions of Pac-Man. I liked it. It was different. Yeah. It definitely was different. Yeah. So, But it, a great game. Yeah. I was thinking of Super Pac-Man for a while there, but that was the one where you just... It was regular yeah, mazes... Yeah. yeah, and then you got. We huge. saw that when we went to a tumble. I think there was a uh, coin up of that. Oh, really? I didn't get to play it. We yeah. we were too fixated with Pac Man Junior. Junior. Yes, Pac-Man. Baby Pac Man. Baby Pac. That's what I mean. Pen. Yeah. 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 Uh, it has that visual scheme, which is kind of cool. You can change, you know, the visuals up. You can change the music up if you prefer to do that. To go back to um, 
the first game's music or this game's music. Little nuances like that that are cool, but overall, the the crux of the game is really this just way inventive gameplay that I never thought could happen. Like, I didn't, I'm like, how do you make this game better? And they did by making it new and fresh and, and really exciting. Hey, man, did you hear about this Steam? Oh, yeah. That's a thing that... Um, it's a brand new thing it's for, like the, for PC gamers? Yeah, it's like the social media networking site that I hate that interferes with my game playing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm on it now, finally. Oh, good. I'll add you. Yeah, uh, Kyle what Von Kubik on Steam. All one word. Okay. Yeah, I'm there. So you'll find me there. And the reason I'm on Steam is because I had to be on Steam to play Civilization Five. Oh, okay. Civilization is a franchise that I love. I've been playing it since back in the day on my Macintosh Classic. Sure. And the game has uh, just expanded and become very deep, much more deep than it was back then. But evidently, I, you know, I stopped playing at Civilization 2, and evidently in Civilization 3, there were all these types of options as far as picking, like, a national religion and forcing that religion on other civilizations and having them conform and convert to yours. And it, it was evidently uh, a little too deep. So they actually dialed it back a little bit. They took a lot of notes from the uh, Civilization Revolution games that they put out recently, and they've made Civilization 5 very accessible. I've missed a couple generations of the game. I've been a couple years out. You know, I've played older versions of the game. I was it was very easy for me to jump back in with this new game and be blown away by its presentation, the visuals, and the options that I was able to do, even though I did know that there was less options in this game than there was in Civ 4. I'm really enjoying it. What Civilization is, is it's a turn-based strategy game where you take, yes, a civilization, and you try to turn it into a world power. You go from the dawn of that civilization to the uh, year 2050, and you can win in a bunch of different ways. You can win by your cultural impact on the world. You can win by just being a brute via war. You can win by a scientific progression. There's a lot of options in there which makes this game highly addicting for me highly repetitive from the outside let's say uh, my girlfriend watching me play this game it seems very boring because i'm just sitting there hitting the enter key for my turns to to be up but for me uh, playing the game it's a lot of fun it's it's almost like they've made the combat more strategic than they had in the past in the past you had units that had like a numerical value and you knew that you couldn't attack other units that had a higher numerical value despite them like you had riflemen and yet you're fighting a civilization who still uses sticks and stones but they were able to beat you because they had you know stacked so many units in one spot well this game kind of gets rid of that it's more of like a chess game it's more of like units have very specific perks and weaknesses and they play in together and the way you place units is more important than how many you actually have which that's a nice change up there's no campaign in Civilization Five, you just jump right into a world, you set the settings, how many civilizations you want to go up against, how big you want the world to be. And Wiggly, I know you love subjugating the Iroquois Indians. You can do that in this game. Oh, very good. I was wondering if you could. There's uh, several different civilizations you can be. They all have their different perks and and their weaknesses. And some play better early in the game. Some play better later in the game. So you get to pick and choose how you want to, one, play the game. And two, how do you want to win it? Do you want to be a warmonger? Do you want to be a a world uniter? So I don't know. I, I dig it. 
And I mm-hmm. think that people who dig Civilization will dig it, and people who dig strategy games will definitely dig it. You see, I need Wookiees and and uh, Tom Tom Atupas. Oh, I love those two, though. Yeah, <laughs> I, I need. Oh, was that Galactic Battlegrounds? Right? I, yeah, I I, it, I really Age of Empires. Exactly, I, I like that, and my favorite one was Age of Mythology because yes, you know, I started with the the other type of building war games, and even playing those multiplayer is, is a blast as well. Uh, yeah. But once Age of Mythologies came out, that it was over for me, and the Star Wars one, then it was sort of over for me for the earlier ones. I didn't care that the new Caesar packs came out on Alexander the Great and all that type of hood to do. Uh, right. I like the fantasy thrown into that. So Those games are a little bit different. One, because they're real-time strategy. There's yeah. no like turn-based happening. Right. And two, because they're more oriented in these build orders of making units and going into combat. Whereas Civilization is really about developing a civilization. So, like I said, with somebody who's like an onlooker, they'll be like, man, this is the most <laughs> boring game I've ever sure. seen. You know, this person is sitting there hitting enter. Waiting five turns, and then what thing do you want to research next? The wheel or pottery? And then you see the person sitting there scratching their head. Well, you know, if I do pottery. So it's it's definitely not the same type of strategy game as those. But it is definitely the type of strategy game that feeds into that whole building nature. If you played Age of uh, Empires or Age of Mythology or even the older Warcrafts or Starcrafts, and you had more fun building your base and setting it up just right uh-huh. instead of going into combat, then you'll definitely enjoy these type of strategy games despite it being turn-based. I'm more of a Stratego guy instead of a Risk guy. Oh, I love Stratego. I think those uh, are the... You know, Stratego uh, is much better than Risk. Risk is more plotting where you gotta sit down and paper things out and... Yeah, it takes know, five die. weeks to complete a game. <laughs> I think that that's what I always thought the Civilizations was like. I mean, I liked um, SimCity when that came out. Yeah. But then when Everything else started happening. I, I well, I, got, I dabbled a little in theme park. Okay, uh, but then there was just too much, a, a, too much of a flood, and also I was sort of burned on gunship. <laughs> for the, when that came out for the Turbo Graphics, those, uh, those are the early years of Sid Meier. You gotta, I'm sure, cut him a sure. little slack. Well, I think Gunship came out. Probably after most of these, um, uh, what Civilization came out in what, like early nineties? It came out in ninety one. Uh, Gunship oh. came out, I believe, and I'm just guessing here, <laughs> in nineteen eighty six. Oh, it did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but it didn't come out for the Turbo in eighty six. No, like, no, yeah, not yeah. for the Turbo. It was, it was, yeah, one, I mean, it, it was one of the death nails in in the Turbo. <laughs> you know, when when Turbo Technologies took over, I don't know if they were just. Picking names out of a hat of all the hundreds and hundreds of games that they were had the same uh, think tank that the Atari had with the names that they came up with as far as games were concerned. I mean, sports competition was okay, but it's not the strongest game. There are so many. Gr- this was a system that was beating the Nintendo Entertainment System. And it was beating the Super Nintendo, too, for a while. And then um, then, then the Super Nintendo got a stronger library. But, I mean, at right. one time, this, this, this overtook the NES in popularity. So this was a huge company in Japan uh, and and very popular gaming system. And they just... Uh, and not, not to say that... Yeah, but not to say that NEC did any better. NEC screwed up, too. And uh, sure. if, if I had... I, I was just looking at this uh, letter that I got from NEC back in the day. 
in 1990, uh, and it's a uh, handwritten. Uh, eight <laughs> eight fifteen ninety, and thank blue you or t- black ink. <laughs> It's on the the horrible TurboGrafx stationery, which <laughs> is the logos on there in the upper right corner. That looks cool. But then the paper yeah. is half dotted with pink dots. And then if I look at their merchandise catalog, it has a kid on a skateboard with this yellow checkered day glow hat on with orange on the sides and the TurboGrafx letter. And it's got that goofy flap brim in the front. Well, I don't know what you're talking about, because this sounds completely radical. <laughs> it is radical. But what was cool is this is where I got those stickers for uh, Splatterhouse. And yes. uh, something I never talked about and completely forgot about were the punch-out Splatterhouse masks. One is like this uh, pinkish demon with his mouth melting around his jagged teeth. And the other yeah. is a three-eyed, green, pimpled ghoul with perforated holes in his cheeks. <laughs> All right. So yeah, and then it all. This also does a a, a TG sixteen versus Genesis technical comparison. The Turbo Graphics can do one point five MIPS million instructions per second, while the Genesis can only do point seven MIPS. Turbo Graphics sixteen has a faster processor, which is customized eight bit compared to Genesis's generic sixteen bit. You know that's how they say eight bits better because it's custom. Sure. It's custom, whereas theirs is just generic. You know, I used to go to the store all the time and buy the just the generic 16 bits right off the, the shelf. Right. Mattel's in television, this is where I got that from, a first-generation video game machine had a 16-bit microprocessor. Speed is much more important than the bit count in video games. This allows for better, smoother gameplay. Also, TurboGrafx-16 can move graphics and screen data up to 3.5 times faster than Genesis. This type of instruction, a block move, is frequently used in games. For example, it would be used when painting an entire new image on a screen, such as in driving games, when you switch from driving in Paris to driving in the desert. This extra speed, again, allows for <laughs> better gameplay. Which happened a lot in TG-16 well, games. They're, they're probably talking about Victory Run, which if, right. you, if you just look at a video of that, if you don't own it, uh, you know, if you want to talk about choppiness, uh, that, that is a prime example. I, I beat the game, but um, it was no smooth as silk title. Right. And then it says about the CD expansion, the memory capacity of CDs is 2,000 times the memory of turbo chip game cards. Sega Genesis does not have such a system. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is, of course, before that. In Japan, there are 25 different companies that will have produced over 150 games by summer 1990 for the Japanese version of the TurboGrafx-16. We will bring only the best of the best to the U.S. market and totally bastardize the greatest ones. Oh, that, I sure. Genesis currently has only one company producing software, Sega. <laughs> I know how that turned out for them. Not, yeah, they <laughs> they lost. With a pro- faster processor, CD expandability, and a larger software selection, TurboGrafx-16 clearly stands out as the best next-generation video game machine. And then the back has a well, technical comparison chart. I'll be sending these out with uh, future purchases from the folks. Nice. I got, I got, they're directly mimeographed from NEC. Don't think I took these to a Staples or a Kinko's and got these printed up. These will be the actual mimeographs from NEC headquarters, which um, used to be in Michael Drive, Wooddale, Illinois. Michael Drive is the guy's name. They were actually based out of his garage. Yeah, he's the one that wrote me the letter. Hey, you know, a f- philosophy like that isn't so foreign today. I mean, just look at Nintendo with the Wii. 
where the whole premise behind the system isn't about being the uh, hardware powerhouse, right. but instead being a system that's made to play some games on. Definitely. You know? Yep. And look how well they're faring. <laughs> Well, I do hey, did know you some play people- Epic Mini, Mickey. Not yet, not yet. Yeah, neither did I. You know why? Because <laughs> you hate. Because your- it's on the Wii. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I, I got to tell you, I know some people that just bought a Wii for this Xmas holiday season. So, and you know what? I got to tell you, they have a few titles that are coming out now that are actually interesting to me. I've heard a lot of uh, sour things about the new Metroid game, but being a fan of the series, I really want to play it. I just and, and Epic uh, Mickey is another example of a game I want to play. I just can't see myself investing, uh, you know, fifty dollars or forty-five dollars or whatever into a game that I know is going to get no burn uh, because of the system it's on. But the Donkey Kong came out too, and yeah, also know. my, okay. uh, you know, well, Chiz is clamoring for the Michael Jackson experience. So, oh right, right, yeah. You know, there, there's there's a couple titles that are hot for this holiday, I think. Right. Um, you know, normally they only go in with one. Here yes. They, here they yeah. have a couple that they can plug. Hey, let's turn to our annual big giant event for the charity for the kids. Uh, the second annual Co-op for Kids charity auction presented by We Talk Games. 26th anniversary. Of course. Yes. Very good. The prize packages. How do I put this? Stacked. Oh man! And speaking of stacked, oh let's yeah, talk about that. I forgot New about We that. Talk Game T-shirt available now at the WeTalkGames.com Pro Gear Store. Yeah. Now, you how does it. this tie into the charity <laughs> auction? Well, there's one limited edition special variant of this new T-shirt hmm. uh, called Stacked. That's in black only, and the only way to get this is through the We Talk Games charity auction for kids. Oh, my goodness. And and these are... For now, at least. Yes. It, it will be available at the store eventually, but if you want this variant now, you're going to have to bid. And due to popular demand, these are women or very petite men's cut T-shirts. Yeah. I'd like to see some dudes wearing these. But yes, uh, I want to wear one. I know you would. Please don't, though. Uh-huh. They're very limited quantities. Yes. And by the way, the sizes run a little small, so uh, right. according to Chiz. So, so uh, size up a little bit um, because uh, they, they do run a, t- a tad small. We had a lot of requests. You know, a lot of girls saying, even the small, it's, it's cut for a guy. I want something cut for me. Right. And uh, I was happy to oblige. And finally, you know, we've been sitting on a winner of that stacked T-shirt contest for like 100 years. Exactly. So now we finally got it out because we had to get an artist to draw it up. So that, And what a great what so design it is. That's yeah, awesome. It's awesome. We gave it a little tweaks ourselves, too. So, uh, sure. The, yeah, the we went back design. and forth a little bit. Yeah, it was, it was a real We Talk Games meeting of the minds type of approval process, which we really haven't done before. Right. Let's talk about the auction. So, yes, these, oh my black, gosh. these black variant tees are going to be available through the auction. But I'm sure you're asking, what else? Yeah, man. A this whole is... bunch of great donations from a whole bunch of very creative, independent artists and crafters who all have one single theme about what they do, and that's their passion for video games. Mm, indeed. I guess let's start talking about some of these items that are up for grabs. And still, as of right now, more items are coming in, so keep checking back. WeTalkGames.com. Click the links, because every week there'll be more and more until we run out of stuff. More more and more uh, auctions available. 100% of the proceeds go directly, directly yep. to the Children's Miracle Network. We don't, we don't, even, we don't we receive don't, a dime. No, we don't see we any of it. No. Right into so, their bank account. Bang. Uh, 
keep coming back, keep looking, keep updating, and, and check back for more and more auctions for this great cause. Just go to wetalkgames.com. Right on our front page, you can click the link for the fantastic Co-op for Kids auction. Zip, bang, boom, it will bring you right to the eBay auctions. And like I said, every week, there'll be more until we run out of stuff to auction off. But let's talk about the stuff we have right now. Yes. From arcade-art.com, the lovely Donna donated uh, three magnet sets. These are handcrafted magnets of 8-bit interpretations of newer or contemporary titles. Particularly, the three sets that we have, one set is Half-Life, another one is uh, Resident Evil, and uh, the third set is Half-Life 2. What she did was create magnets that are 8-bit interpretations of the characters from those games. Oh, cool. So, and you can check out all of her great art at arcade-art.com. Right on. And we have a lot of links in our links section as well if you want to learn more about some of these artists that have donated. Right. And I got I got a donation here too, right in front of me. Tell me this, about it. This is huge. This is pretty big. There's a video game company called 38 Studios Big Huge Games. Now, this is a gaming company that is pretty new. You're going to see a lot from them. They're big into the Mamorpagas and things like this. I've heard uh, about these Mamorpagas. Yes. This is going to be the next big thing. And one of its presidents, one of its founders, is the Todd McFarlane of comic book fame. Of Spawn fame? Of Spawn and those things. He did the Spider-Mans. great Spawn video games have come out in the past? Hey, all I could tell you is in the movies, the cape will be CG. Nice. Yeah, that was that was an actual Todd McFarlane uh, announcement at one of the Comic Cons or something of this nature. But uh, we have the Anno Primus 52710 in-house only poster. This was drawn by Todd McFarlane, and it's a beautiful art piece, as you can see in the auction, of a gladiator holding a hammer with the 38 symbol on it. And this is just an amazing piece of art, and it was only doled out to the talent in-house, but now you have a chance to own a piece of this. And Available it's to the public for the very first time is what you're saying. Only one. Wow. And it's signed by Todd McFarlane himself. Nice. You can't get that at a store when you no. go to your game slop and all those other places. Hey, and how about cufflings? Oh, man, do I got to tell you, I don't know how many cufflings I go through in a day. <laughs> well, uh, cufflinks, that's C-U-F-F-L-I-N-K-S dot Etsy, E-T-S-Y dot com, mm. has donated, uh, can I just say, like uh, a litany wow. of uh, cufflinks and jewelry that is all made from uh, D&D, like dice and uh, Lego parts. Wow. They're very interesting. They're very unique. And they're going to be peppered in among the prize packages. You know, what we're going to do is collect these items, put them together. Yeah, there's going to be more than one thing that you're bidding on. Exactly. Prize packages. Stacked! Stacked prize packages. Yeah. And how about these items? Two hand-knitted plushies donated by Nikki from pigscorner.com. You can find her on YouTube, Full Metal Piglet, one word. You'll see a video that she posted recently about the We Talk Games uh, Co-op for Kids charity auction, as well as these two items. Yes. One is a Totoro. My neighbor Totoro. And you know what? You see my neighbor Totoro in Toy Story 3, by the way, as well. Do you? What a tearjerker. Oh, my gosh. She also donated a uh, Luma plushie from the Super Mario Galaxy. 
Oh, great. Those will be up for grabs. And how about these awesome prints from Back Back Punch? Patrick Morgan donated three, not one, not two, but three of his, uh, how do you even explain these? These They're like exploded 3D technical drawings of game control pads, a zapper, Super Nintendo controller, and NES controller. And they're truly amazing. They're isometric. They're all the little bits that go into each one of these controllers, and they're really cool. Absolutely beautiful, and they're uh, printed on a very high quality, almost a, a canvas paper stock. Mm. They'll be up for grabs. I'd love to see one of those in my game room or just around where I play video games. Yeah, you're going to be bidding against us, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Those because if are we really want cool. this stuff, we have to bid too. Sure. And, you know, that's, that's the way it's going to go down. From Canada. You've heard about this place, Canada? Ah, the Great White South. Right. Land of the maple syrup. Mm. Splitreason.com. Heard of that. Now, what did they donate? A whole box of T-shirts. There's got to be at least 20 T-shirts in this box. Wow. It's all video game-related T-shirts. Very cool, very trendy, not not goofy. or Mm. They're really slick designs. You can check them out at splitreason.com. You'll see some of the very designs that they donated are in this box. The Octa Rock rocking out. (laughs) <laughs> it's, there's a um, a gun box with a, a revolver that's painted like the Nintendo Zapper. That's in this box. Amazing. Um, I'd rather be gaming a T-shirt. That's in this box. There's so many T-shirts in this box. I, I could spend just hours talking about all the stuff they donated. <laughs> I can't believe the pouring out uh, by the artistic gaming community to these auctions. It's really yeah, uh, something special. And like I said, there's even more being donated as we speak. It just hasn't come in yet, but keep checking back. We'll just keep running the auction until we run out of items. I think this year is going to be double the success of last year's, which I'm really hoping. A couple grand. Yeah, I'm hoping. Yes. And hey, how about these uh, from MosaicGeek.com? Two four by four, four inches by four inches, hand made stained glass coasters of Super Mario Brother 3 power-ups, particularly the Fire Flower and the Red Mushroom. These are beautiful. Wow! They're going to be up for grabs. Uh, I just want to make this very clear. Although they are water-resistant, Shannon, the person who donated these, said, do not put them in the dishwasher. Oh, right, yeah. Don't do it. You'll ruin the grout, and you'll destroy these beautiful pieces of artwork. Check out Shannon's work at mosaicgeek.com. You know, it's those little subtle things that I think uh, really set you apart as a gamer. When you go into someone's house and they have a stand-up of Donkey Kong Country 2, you know, okay, that's nice. It's very kitschy. It's right in your face. But when you go to... It's not stylish. Right. When you go to sit down your drink on this beautiful handmade stained glass coaster, then you're like, this person's really invested in being a gamer and they, they really get it. And same sure. same goes for that line art. I just think that's an amazing thing. It's, and it's these are so original. Yeah. All of these items are very cool, very original. They're things that you're not going to find anywhere else except for the places I've told you where you can find them. It's not like you're going to walk into the mall yeah. and see these items. These are really unique and cool items. They're, they're, all being donated for a great cause. Indeed. That's really great. I can't wait to see how well we do with these auctions. Now, uh, Stinky's over here chomping at the bit. Yeah. What? I'm just playing elf bowling. <laughs> oh, uh, it is the season, Stink. Good thing you're up on the current 
trends of the 2010s. But he's chopping at the bit. He came up with a new thing. I'll just let him explain. Yeah, I thought to uh, spice up the show a little bit. Because it really needs a spicing. There's not enough different things. You know, we talk about the same thing each month after month after month that you see that that little gnome with the hunchback and the cross eyes talk about. <laughs> you know, like the newest PlayStation Zapper game and things. Sure. All the new new games for the 3DO and the Playdia. Get to the point, Stinky. So I thought, what would be cool? Well, number one, everyone blew it last month on wanting to talk about sequels they wanted to see of games. They already had the sequels of it. Yeah, thanks, Stinky. You really laid it on with those freaking Xbox horrible 3D <laughs> sequels of all the games that we mentioned. Hey, that's not my fault that you don't know anything about games. Or Vietnam-based games. <laughs> Jesus, there was conflict Vietnam, Viet Cong, Purple Haze, Shell Shock, Nam 67, Men of Valor. Uh, I'm going out of breath and getting dizzy with all the Vietnam games that came out freaking six years ago. All right, all right. Well, get to your stupid new bits here. Yeah, I call it Stinky's Picks. Oh, now, now, some of them will be just games that I pick out of my brain when I'm ready mm. to fall asleep and I think about all the great games I played and then I, I'll assign that to different people where I think it fits their genre of gaming, games that they like to talk about and stuff. And then for this episode, I also wanted to assign homework for sequels that did come out that you guys neglected to mention. I don't really blame you because most of them stunk and came in under the radar. So I actually give you a little bit of a pass. But there's some that I think that you needed to talk about or at least know about. And for Kyle, I came up with one game that I thought fit his genre of game, a more text-based style of game. And then the other one was just because it was something... I was going back and listening to your box art game. I don't know if that was episode 6 or 7 or whatever. But I was listening to that and I thought of, man, there's one game that has box art that I think is contender for number one. If not in the bad box art, uh, at least in the homoerotic uh, homoerotic box art and just plain bizarre yeah. for the NES. So uh go ahead, Kyle. What did I assign to you? Stinky, I gotta ask you, did you did you ship everybody else uh their games in a olive loaf sandwich? Listen, that ties in with something that people will talk about next month. Alright, because that was disgusting. Yeah, I got both of these uh classic Nintendo games sent to me by Stinky the Game Master. I can't and, uh, wait to hear what they were. Yeah, it's uh, Cowboy Kid and The Uninvited. Okay. The Uninvited, yes, is a text-based game uh, much in the vein of Shadowgate. Oh, okay. Very and good. it's completely up my alley if I was still six or seven. <laughs> no, I, I'd probably be eight or nine, actually, okay. uh, playing this game on my Nintendo back in the day. It is not very good <laughs> in comparison to Shadow, uh, you know, Shadowgate, but it is something that if I did receive, I definitely would play a lot of it you gotta remember too back in the day when you got a nintendo game uh, it was either your birthday or christmas and you only got one yeah 
And that was the only game you got. And I could totally see in an alternate universe me receiving this game and struggling through it. But now now that I have my own disposable income, I played this game for about 10 minutes. And I'm like, wow, games have come a long way. The music was irritating. Right off the bat, the puzzles, I'm like, just open the door. And they're like, you can't open this door. And I'm like, all right, maybe there's a key in this mailbox. And they're like, oh, there's a letter in this mailbox. I'm like, okay, let me read the letter. And then there was no clue in that letter as to how to open the door. I'm like, okay, that's enough of this game. Oh, <laughs> couldn't even get out of the door. No, no, I got out of my car. Uh, the game uninvited <laughs> starts in a car crash. Or you crashed your car, okay. and your sister's missing. And uh, you have to look for your sister. So I got out of the car. I got to the front door. It wouldn't let me in. I said, okay, good night, game. Hmm. Now, Stinky, why did you recommend this if it was such a stinker? I, I saw the box. <laughs> so... Stinky put in as much effort as I did. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, you know, this it reminded me of Shadowgate. The clickable area to me seems smaller than it did in Shadowgate. I, I remember it being a bigger picture you can click on. The the way that the game was kind of laid out was a little odd. It was uh, two squares above a rectangle of your options, all the verbiage, you know, uh, look or open, things like this. Okay. And, um, it just reminded me really how far we've come in that adventure game genre when you compare it to something that is coming out of Telltale. Mm. But there are the humble beginnings of this genre that, you know, have a special place in my heart because of the nostalgia. I don't want to go back and play Shadowgate on the Nintendo, though, okay. because of this. So it's sort of like the mystic quest of text-based adventures. Yes. Okay. Very much so, gotcha. actually. Gotcha. Now I'm dying to hear about Cowboy Kid. Well, I completely agree with uh, Stinky about the box art. Okay, Cowboy well, Kid, it is fantastic. What do we got? Uh, yeah, it, on the box art, you have Burt Reynolds and the Indian from uh, the Village People, <laughs> Felipe. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, but in the game, you have uh, a game that is definitely trying to be River City Ransom, and is failing on all fronts. <laughs> um, Right off the bat, you're in this little western town, and there's about uh, three screens worth of this town that you can go through, and you walk through the first door, a la Zelda, and there's somebody who's saying, it's dangerous out there, take this, and it's a knife. So you have a knife, and then you walk back outside, and now these enemies are coming at you, and the collision detection is absolutely wonderful. The enemies go through you, and you go through them, and there's no sort of collision detection at all actually you just sort of slide underneath them and uh, you incur damage that way uh, as you try to stab them with your little knife then you walk to the right and you find a door that's locked and you have to find a key well it turns out the first Again shop with you the keys into, yeah you know you gotta find these keys <laughs> big theme of of the nes keys uh, yeah so uh, I got to find this key. So I start talking to the people. Turns out I have to go back into the first door that I walked through to get the knife. And now there's a shop and he wants 60 bucks for a key. Okay. So how do you get money? Well, you got to go and you got to uh, stab the treasure chests that are much like the coin blocks in Mario. Well, they'll keep giving you <laughs> coins to a certain extent. I see. And uh, that's how you get money. All the while, these enemies who just keep spawning... <laughs> Uh, are coming at you, walking through you and such. And then uh, once you get enough coins, you can buy the key to the mayor's office. Now, I talked to people in the town, and they said that the, the mayor's looking for a gunslinger to clean up the town and fight crime. 
well, if he's so eager to have that gunslinger, why do I have to buy a key to get into his office? <laughs> Nevertheless, I get the key, I get into his office, and he goes, are you going to be the gunslinger to save this town, yes or no? And I replied, no. You're going to be and the knife slinger, I guess. Yeah, I didn't have a gun. I couldn't be a gunslinger. So I replied, no. And he called me Yellow Belly, and that was it for me in this game. Oh, I see. So it's, I turned it it's, off it's after that. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It gave me the no option. I, cho- I chose the no option. Okay, boy. I, I think I put too much work into my uh, stinky picks uh, so far. <laughs> More irritating music. I got to say, though, the art style, much in the way of Andy Cap. Sure. The, the uh, comic strip character. Yeah, he's uh, got great pub fries as well. Now, does this, oh, this have hot a, fries? Any cat pot fries? Did this None have a, Did this have a pub fry spinoff? No, but you know, Cowboy I love Kid the art fries. style of Andy Cap. Okay, and I like the art style of uh, Cowboy Kid. Ah. But much in the way of when you really dissect Andy Cap, he's just an alcoholic who beats up his wife, <laughs> uh, which is horrible. Cowboy Kid has this nice art style, but it is a uh, terrible game. Okay. Very good. And by the way, I did play uh, Conflict Vietnam, thanks to Stinky. And this came out on the Xbox. I'm not sure if it came out uh, on any other system. I don't did think so. Did yours come in a sandwich? It did not come in a sandwich, although okay. you know many things around here do have sandwich bits on them. Nice. This was put out by Global Star in 2004. And, okay. uh, you know, like I had mentioned initially that there weren't a lot of Vietnam games because it probably wasn't very popular. Uh, of course, the success of Global Star might uh, tend to back up that conjecture since we all know of their fantastic uh, video game presence in 2010, (laughs) Global Star. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Uh, But this is actually a pretty good third-person war sim with squads that can ride in Jeeps and things like this. You can snipe. You can use a crossbow. uh, Okay. Tripwire booby traps that you try to crawl under. And all the things that you do in So Rambo. It's like Rambo, except... But better than the Rambo game, it sounds like. Because it's on the original Xbox, I say it's just like Halo, except with the Viet Cong and a jungle. Okay. And a lot of green. And no aliens. Oh. Hey, and, and Stinky, I think you left out, let's not forget Vietnam, which came out actually in 1968 and lasted 11 years. <laughs> that also had Viet Cong. Yes, it did. So, that's it then. That's it. All right, man. Hey, well, that's some great stuff, some great auctions for a great cause, the Co-op for Kids. Make sure you check out wetalkgames.com for that. Bit of plenty and <laughs> bit, bit of often. Much. Yeah, bit of much. Bit and of do much, it often. everybody. Yes. And put Cowboy Kid in your stocking. Yeah. And then step on it. Hey, stick around for the council. Maybe. Bye. Bye. Kyle Von Kubik, you know, he organizes this whole co-op for the kids, so I really got to tip my hat to him for all the hard work he does, uh, just on everything, let's face it. Hey, let's get Eric Alex on the line. Open it up, Keith. Chris Farleyville, Wisconsin. Eric Alex. Wiggly. <laughs> uh, stinky. Your voice? No, well, it's, uh, it's a long story that I'm not going to get into at all, whatsoever. <laughs> Now, Eric, Alex, you're going to join us for the council. We're going to, you're going to do Stinky's uh, gimmick that he's been doing the entire show with us. But I know that you have another new tile you want to zip on in with uh, here. So, well, heck yeah. uh, what you got for us? What you been playing lately? I know you've been playing DJ Hero. I uh, I just picked up DJ Hero. It was on clearance over at Best Buy. I got it for twenty seven dollars. That's fantastic. 
Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I, you know, I, I got to tell you, out of anyone that I know who I've seen their face on Facebook to be playing DJ Hero, yours gives me the most smile. <laughs> Why? Because I'm so straight laced looking. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> I, I don't know. Now I, I can just see you getting into these heavy beats with the Gary Newman all mixed in here and all those other the, the mashups on here. I cannot stress it enough. How. I love these songs so much. I mean, some are okay, but even if you don't some like hip hop, yeah, even if you don't like hip hop or or you know scratch music or whatever, it mi- mishmashes so many songs that you might like or do like that it's just really neat to hear them reimagined. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a pretty decent game. Uh, it's not as full featured as something like Rock Band Three, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear uh, DJ Hero 2 may may correct that problem to a certain extent, but I haven't got a chance to try that one yet. Yeah, there, there's a lot of great things that I would love to pick up DJ Hero 2 for, but I just will not spend $60 for a game without anything else that's really happening that really needs to get some discount going on here. Yeah. All right, but I know you didn't want to talk about this DJ Hero, but uh, I know you were playing it. So, Well, I certainly don't mind. I just picked up DJ Hero the other day. I haven't had a lot of playtime with it yet, but uh, I'm enjoying it so far. It's just, uh, it seems, after playing like Rock Band 3, it seems like a big step back to the old days of Guitar Hero, honestly. Mm-hmm. I like the flashy stuff that they did add to it, though. Like, you know, your crates of records and the different things that you get taught by... Um, Grandmaster Flash. Grandmaster Flash and, and whatnot, so... Of all the people I never would have expected to be a playable <laughs> character in a video game, I think Grandmaster Flash would have been pretty high on that list. He rates up there, no doubt about it. <laughs> Why wasn't there a Pee Wee Herman game? I don't know what made me think of that. I was trying to think of people I wouldn't imagine in a in a video game, but I think Pee Wee Herman would be great. You know, he's got another movie coming out sooner or later. There you go. You, you have to have a video game tie-in any nowadays. Yeah. Everybody what you got for us, man? All right. Well, I've been playing a game called Vindictus. It's a freemium game. Okay. Uh, freemium MMO in the style of... Diablo or a God of War is oh, an action game. Those are two different types of games. Well, it's sort of a crossbreed between them. Okay. It's definitely an action game. You play this game with your keyboard and your mouse. I use the the mouse control setup where your fighting actions happen with your mouse buttons and you use the WASD keys. Or I like to call it the WADs. Yeah, the WASD. <laughs> well, okay, we could call it WASD. Yeah, well, you know, wads would be dyslexic. It would be, but that's how I go. <laughs> if you go start up, then go left, then go right, then go down, then that's wads. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Horrible. But Vindictus, it, it was a game that came out originally in South Korea, so it's it's a South Korean MMO. So it so has the capability to kill your children? <laughs> well, mm. it's, it's, uh, it's a full-fledged game. It's a fully realized game. Despite the fact that it just came out like about a month ago, there's a lot of game in there already. Okay. Which you don't you don't really expect from a newly launched MMO nowadays. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of gameplay in this. I've played been playing this pretty steadily for the last couple of weeks, and I haven't even scratched the surface of this game. I don't think. The gist of it is, is uh, you run around in these dungeons, you uh, fight monsters, you use your your left mouse button to do your basic attacks. 
and then after you do a certain combo of basic attacks with the left mouse button, you hit the right mouse button to do a smash attack, which kind of is your combo ender. Mm. Uh, the good thing about the combat in this game is that it's really uh, impactful and satisfying. When you uh, when you slam a guy into the ground, everything has a lot of oomph to it. It's got kind of that um, stranglehold feel to everything. Where <laughs> I was going to say, you, you gravitate towards those visceral immersion types of violent games. Well, you know, some of us need an escape. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that it just illustrates a problem that a lot of games have. Like, the game that came out for Xbox Live Arcade is this kind of interesting side-scrolling beat-em-up uh, that looks a lot like a comics zone for the Genesis. You're mm-hmm. hopping between panels and you're beating stuff up. Yep. But the impacts from the attacks that you make are just not there. You'll be punching a guy and you'll walk right past him. Mm. And it's a, it's just a really loose experience. This game does not have that. You hit a guy with a sword and, well, they don't chop open or anything, but you can feel that impact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's little grapple moves where you grab a guy, slam him into the wall, step back and kick him in the chest. It's really ugly at times. <laughs> and it's an interesting game. that It's based really loosely on Celtic mythology. Oh, okay. But it's a South Korean game, so you can't help but make your characters look South Korean. <laughs> so you've got, uh, you, there's three classes to choose from, and the classes are actually identified as a character. One of the character classes is a guy named Lane, who is, uh, I believe, based loosely on Kuchulain from the uh, Celtic mythology. He's the berserker warrior, but he looks like a South Korean dude, and you can give him, you know, amusing anime hair color. Oh. Uh, but there's three different classes. They all play very differently, and they're they're saying that there are two more classes coming out on the horizon. Okay. Like Lane, the uh, guy with the swords, he's got two swords, and he spazzes out, spins around with his swords. And <laughs> uh, the, then there's a uh, another character named Fiona, who is... Um, a sword and shield fighter does a lot of shield bashing which is uh, pretty amusing and then there's also a wizard type named Evie who is um, kind of the most cutesy character but she can make big fire blasts happen and stuff like that it's different from other games that I've played now do you feel that the people that you play with are really into that team mentality that they're not just out for themselves like we've run into on console games well the the game is set up so that you can't really progress if you're on a team unless the entire team is moving forward okay and there's some interesting big set piece fights where you fight like a giant polar bear gotcha and you go in there with like six or eight other people and You'll run up to the polar bear and start slashing at it, and it'll backhand you. You'll go flying across the place. You'll see the other guys running up and throwing spears at him. It's pretty hectic. One thing that it's, if you're going into this from an MMO standpoint, it doesn't have that MMO character class set up where there's a tank class, and there's a healer class, and there's a ranged damage class. Like, every one of these classes is meant to be played as a whole experience on its own. So you can solo with these characters pretty well. Uh, You'll run into some troubles. There's going to be some levels that you can go play where there are multiple bosses. 
one particularly irritating one I can think of. There's three kobold bosses with slingshots. So while you're trying to beat up one, the other two are mm. zeroing in on your back with their with their slingshots, and it becomes a real hassle unless you have a group for that sort of thing. But how does the freemium play into this? I mean, what are you buying to shortcut things? It looks like the the freemium stuff that you can get. There's a lot of cosmetic stuff that you can buy, like if you want to get some tattoos for your character's face or a really out there anime hair color. You'd have to pay some real money for that. Also, kind of betraying this game's origin as being from Asia, you can buy lingerie for your uh, for your characters, <laughs> uh, which comes into play because every once in a while, if you take too much damage to a certain location, your armor will bust open. Oh, yeah. So then there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of TNA in there, but a little upskirt and down blouse. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What? Uh, what? You? Huh? <laughs> All right, Sting, calm down. Go back to your Life magazine with Michael Jackson on the cover. This is this is the kind of game where you find yourself playing the same levels repeatedly. There's a lot of grind to the game, okay. which it's okay though because the combat is so much fun to play right. through. It's not like you're just standing back and like targeting a guy and then pressing one, two, three, four to cycle through your powers. I mean, you've got to actually think tactically, know when to block, know when to dodge. Learn the boss monster's patterns, that's a big part of it. Once you've got it down, though, you can breeze through a lot of it and farm for stuff. Because everything drops different stuff, and then you go back to town and have things crafted. And it's all uh, its very much on that constantly giving you small rewards to make you keep playing more and more and more. its uh, It's like a masterful game at that thing. You can go and hit the lever and get your food pellet, but <laughs> it's it's pretty fun. I, I have to really recommend this one, especially for the no dollars it's going to cost you. Yeah, I, I haven't paid anything for this, and I've played oh at least twenty hours. So, That's great. I mean, like any game that you can get twenty hours of enjoyment out of for nothing <laughs> is a definite big ad. Sure. All right, man, Vindictus. If you have a PC, uh, why not uh, download this for the price of nothing's. Eric Alex, stick around for the council. Will do. Okay, bye. Bye. Eric Alex, he'll be back on the council. Can't wait to hear what Eric Alex has to say to the games I'm going to talk about. Let's go cross-country, Keith. Let's get 2PyR on the line. Al! California. See what I did there? A-L instead of L-A. Gotcha. Yeah, 2PyR. Welcome back to the We Talk Games Better call me Scrooge Pyar this time out, Wiggly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know Stinky got some good things lined up for you there. Uh, so let's, well, Stink, what, it, why, what did you give to Pyar for your Stink picks? Hey, I, I usually don't talk to you. Yeah, you're kind of all reclusive and stuff. And, you know, living out here in L.A., everybody has to be out in the public all the time. Well, you know, I've been to L.A. once or twice in my life, and everyone was snooty to me. So uh, I get on my high horse, and you can't touch me with a 10-foot pole when I'm over there. Uh, so, yeah, I was thinking, I th- sort of threw it out there in the grab bag of stink picks, and 2 R stepped up to the plate. This game serves on a two-fold level. One, because it's sort of like a Castlevania-y type of game. And two, it's uh, Xmas-themed. Holiday seasons. Now, I don't know if you can get any menorahs in there, because that's what I like to put up my menorah. 
and uh, like that for several days. No, no menorahs in this one. In fact, uh, in Days Before Christmas, which I reviewed on the Genesis, you play the role of Santa Claus. All of the toys that Santa Claus has to deliver to the children of the world have been stolen by the nefarious forces of evil, who for some reason all look like the same generic monsters that you get in any other game. Sure. And you have to run around each level picking up presents. Except for some reason, even though these presents are for children, you're opening about a third of them in order to get power-ups and whatnot. Except that most of the presents that you're actually able to open don't contain power-ups and whatnot. They contain either environmental effects that look pretty but do nothing, or bombs. Yeah. You know, Santa is a regifter. If you didn't know that about him, uh, that makes perfect sense to me. Well, you know, he's got an entire industry of of elves doing his dirty work for him, so... They have shrink wrap and everything. You know, it's very professional when you get a regifted gift from Santa. Just some crumbs in there, cookie crumbs. So Santa is running around through these levels using the power of his blue magic, because, of course, everyone knows that Santa can throw blue lightning bolts at people. (laughs) That's that's one of my favorite things. Down through the chimney, did his nose a twitch and shot everyone with blue lightning. Well, hey, if it's good enough for the Emperor, it's good enough for Santa, right? (laughs) That force within him is strong. And, in fact, the allusion to the Emperor makes more sense than you might realize, because one of the power-ups that you can get in this game, in fact, the only power-up you can get in this game, is a cup of coffee. When Santa drinks the cup of coffee, he turns into Devil Santa. (laughs) I don't remember that. I remember this game, but I don't remember that. While he is Devil Santa, he is absolutely impervious to all enemy attacks, but instead of being able to shoot his blue lightning, his only attack move becomes his ability to hit enemies over the head with his bag of toys. (laughs) Just basically generic platforming levels with really bad control schemes. Uh, There's one level where you have to grab under ropes and climb up them, but you only can actually grab the rope by pulling up on the D-pad at the exact moment that your sprite overlaps the rope sprite, and if you miss, you just fall to certain doom. So you can't fall. And then every five levels, you take all the presents that you've accumulated in the previous four levels and then fly over the rooftops of one of the cities of the world. Moscow is one, London is one, and actually dive-bomb the presents down people's chimneys while trying to avoid aircraft that are unique to the city that you're flying over. I never got that far. (laughs) You know, and i got to tell you as well, you played through the game much further than anyone else in Stinky's Picks. According to the advent calendar that is used to mark off levels, I made it to about level 13 out of 25. Wow. And I pretty much want to pluck my own eyeballs out now. (laughs) That's pretty good, though. Halfway there. That ain't bad. A little over halfway. There is a password system that allows you to go back to, you know, right after having completed any one of the flybys. Uh, But the thing of it is, all you get for doing the flybys is points. Each present that makes it down a chimney is worth points, and other than that, there's absolutely no reason to do it. If you wanted to, you could just fly through those levels without ever pushing a single button, and as long as you were high enough up that you would avoid all the aircraft, nothing would happen. I see. Don't you really want to get to Christmas Day and see all the special things that will happen here? Uh, no. (laughs) Now, do you fight bosses? No. Okay, you just get through a level. You just platform your way through a level, hopefully not dying. Takes five hits to kill Santa because I guess that bowl full of jelly is pretty full. (laughs) 
that's really basically it. Oh, how could I forget? There is a really, really, really bad MIDI version of Jingle Bells playing through every level. Yeah, one song. And or- not only is it one song, it's one unlicensed traditional song. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that reminds me. Uh, it completely off topic, but uh, we have this snowman, the snowman head. Now, you hang it on your, your door or your wall, and it has like lights around his hat, and he sings Frosty the Snowman. And I'd like to do the rendition of Frosty the Snowman that this sings. Go for it. Frosty the Snowman was a jolly happy soul With a boinged up kite and a button nose And a limey I don't know. Wow. <laughs> and he sings it twice. <laughs> and I don't know why. Uh, you know, I, did, did, did they not have the lyrics in Korea? I don't know what's going on. But it is uh, truly amazing. And I know that Chiz's sister has like this Santa with a guitar or something. And it sings like rocking around a Christmas tree. And <laughs> Uh, I don't know what the heck the words for that one was. But, yeah, you know, Frosty does have a boinged-up kipe and a limey. I don't know. Did it never occur to you that it might be slightly morbid to have a decapitated talking snowman as a decoration? Uh, just two balls? I don't have a comeback for that. But the reason that I mentioned morbidity okay, is that... Uh, I had to get the taste of Days Before Christmas out of my mouth, so I went back to a game that I remembered somewhat fondly from the PS2 era, the licensed game based on Tim Burton's movie The Nightmare Before Christmas, Okay, um, which I chose partly because of the nice seasonal holiday theme and partly because it's actually, as licensed games go, one of the better ones out there. Now. That's sort of like saying, you know, this is the shiniest uh, 74 Pinto that you can see on the block. But uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, of course, is based on a a poem that Tim Burton wrote years ago about Halloween Town taking over Christmas and getting it totally wrong. The movie is a musical, and they actually managed to introduce elements of the movie's music into the game. Okay. All of your boss battles are against characters from the movie, Oogie Boogie Man, of course, being the big baddie, but he's not the only one. And all of them are singing songs that are similar to the songs that were sung from the movie, but have original lyrics and original content that was recorded just for the game. Uh So it's one of the few licensed titles out there that manages to both be respectful of the source material and actually add to and contribute to the overall legacy rather than just being dashed out quickly to make a buck, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is kind of nice. The other interesting thing about the boss battles in that game is that Jack's ultra mega power is his ability to dance. And when you use the dance, it turns into a rhythm game. And if you can keep up with the rhythm, he starts doing additional damage to the boss that you're fighting. And after three or four of these dance numbers, which even you know introduce other subsidiary characters that do nothing but contribute to the visual presentation of the dancing, the boss curses Jack Skellington and runs away to fight another day. The other interesting element of this game, Stinky was talking about how Days Before Christmas shares some elements with Castlevania. Mm-hmm. And really the, the only elements that it shares with Castlevania is the fact that you're fighting goblins and giant spiders and you know things of that nature. Things that would feel right at home in a gothic horror game like Castlevania. And I think the steps, maybe that was it as well. Yeah, there, there, were, there were staircases here and there that were very <laughs> similar to what Simon was climbing. Yeah. 
not unlike Simon, once Santa is on the staircases, he's pretty much stuck until he gets to one end or the other. The Nightmare Before Christmas game, uh, obviously there was no real violence in the movie because it was a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. So to create an element of combat for the game, the mad scientist in Halloween Town has invented a device called the Grabbit, which is basically a green extendable hand uh, that Jack wears over his right hand that can be used as both a way to grab things that are too far away and as a whip so that you can do Uh Castlevania-like attacks on all of the various enemies that you encounter in Halloween Town. So he's sort of like a bionic commando scissor hands. Something like that, except if bionic commando was six foot tall, 50 pounds, and had a neon green arm. (laughs) Very good. It is a licensed game, and it has most of the pitfalls that a licensed game has, e.g., not terribly exciting level design, certainly not the hella tight controls of Super Meat Boy. I can tell you what, those are hella tight. The more games I play, uh, going back to old action platformers, the more I realize how hella tight those controls on Super Meat Boy are. Well, they have to be for a game to work at that velocity. Oh, man, you ain't kidding. Yeah, I just I just completed another level uh, last night, and I just I'm I'm so happy that I I got to be a part of that. You know, very small part, but uh, level complete. That's all I got to say. Congratulations, Thank my you. friend. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. And with that, let's go ahead and wrap up uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas. It's if it's something you can find in a bargain bin for five or ten bucks, it's, and the source material is in any way meaningful to you. It's not a bad little title, but it's by no means something to go and seek out. Okay. Something that is worth going and seeking out, however, is the new Castlevania Lords of Shadow, which I just got to play on the PS3. This game is beautiful. This game is massive. This game is a departure from some of the conventions of Castlevania, which is causing a lot of hardcore fans of the series to reject it utterly Mm. in forums online. Yeah which is a really darn shame because it's one of the most spectacular games that I've played on this console. It makes you wonder if they ever owned an N64. It makes you wonder if they ever owned an NES. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, Castlevania 2 is probably one of the worst video games ever. Oh my! And I'm saying this as a diehard, unabashed fan of the franchise. Okay, very good. What did you like 3, though, right? Oh, three was awesome. Yeah, that was pretty much the whole reason I bought that little Game King that we talked about on that portable gaming bubble all those months ago was pretty much so that I could play Castlevania three wherever I was. And I think that was an MMC three or MCC. I don't remember what they called their little added chips they would put on there. Oh yes, it was. It was definitely represented the pinnacle of technology available on the NES. You can even tell because on the Game King, the emulation is just a fraction of a tick slower than other NES games, precisely because it has to work harder to keep up with all the extra stuff that was put into that cartridge. It's very pretty. Uh, But, I mean, all the N64 3D nightmares are just utterly terrible. So, wanting to do a 3D version of Castlevania, which they've tried how many times xbox they uh, i'm sure it came out for the ps2 as well and they finally went back to pixel art but why not have a 3d version why not make it good and why not make it uh fit into the styles that are now popular i don't see anything wrong with that and that to me i think is really the strength of this title it takes all of the mythos that has been established over the you know twenty some years that the Castlevania games have been in production, mm-hmm. it is absolutely true to that mythos. It is absolutely true to the 
to the stylistic mode that has been established for the Castlevania games over the years. The big departure is that for the first several chapters, you're not actually in a castle. You're not actually in a dungeon. You are instead exploring the countryside uh, leading up to you have to ultimately face down Dracula. But, you know, this game has 12 chapters. Mm Mm-hmm. And each of those chapters is divided between six and ten levels. There's really no way you could justify being put in a castle that big. Uh-huh. You know, and I think the reason that people were disappointed with this title was because they were expecting the PS3's answer to Symphony of the Night, because that was a game that really sort of defined the PlayStation 1 at the time. Sure, sure. And you know, if that's what you're hoping for, then I can understand why you'd be disappointed. But this game is, first of all, got literally the best visuals this side of God of War 3. Yeah, yeah is absolutely gorgeous to look at the levels are constructed in a way that is sort of i think blends the best elements of the straightforward linear progression of previous castlevania titles and the exploration that is possible in the more modern ones you know like what you would find on the ds Mm -hmm. each level is self-contained but each level does have branching paths does have hidden items and it is constructed in such a way so that you cannot complete the level a hundred percent at the beginning of the game. You have to wait until further in the game when you've obtained new items and new abilities and then come back and replay the levels so that you can unlock absolutely everything. So that builds in some replay value right there. Well, you know, Castlevania is the reason that Konami is probably my favorite video game company. And i got to tell you, when I just think about Castlevania games, I don't remember very many or any at this time where you start inside the castle. I remember that you have to walk through at least one or two different levels before you even get to the castle. Some of you are going through towns. Uh, the town's mm-hmm. on fire. You're going through the outside. You're, a lot of things take place outside. And then you normally have like a bridge level. So that's outside too. So I don't, I don't understand what the problem is with going through the outside to get to the castle. Well, and, you know, we were touching on Castlevania 3 briefly. I mean, most of Castlevania 3 takes place outside of the castle. Most of it is an adventure through the lands of Warakiri, mm-hmm. uh, where you're, you know, meeting the sub-characters that Simon can switch between at, over the course of the levels. Probably no more than about three or four of the levels of that game, which there are many of, actually take place in Castlevania itself. Well, then that argument is moot. Absolutely. Right. And in the meantime, they've poured on a level of detail in the visuals that is almost unprecedented. Each level does feel unique. There's sort of a thematic similarity to all the levels within a given chapter, but each level still manages to have its own assets. You don't see art from previous levels repeated in in later levels. Hmm. There's not a wide variety of enemies, but the enemies that are there are very distinct, very unique for themselves, and placed very well. Castlevania has always kind of been famous for having a higher level of challenge than most of its peers. And that absolutely holds true to this one, but it is a level of challenge that is accessible to somebody who is not necessarily a a hardcore gamer. Okay. And the bosses are, are, some bosses are very large, I, I saw. The bosses are pages taken out of the playbook of God of War or Shadows of the Colossus. Mm -hmm. The bosses for the first two chapters are literally skyscraper-sized titans that you have to climb up. And half of the fight with these bosses, more than half of the fight with these bosses, is just figuring out 
where the access points are and how to scale him or her without being destroyed or shaken off. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that it's very clearly been inspired by these other games, the boss fights manage to stay unique and they manage to stay true to the overall style that the game is going for. Okay. It also is the first 3D whip-based game of Castlevania or any franchise that I've ever seen that gets the whip controls right. That's good. Yeah. I think I played every N64 version, you know, at least the first level, and, um, you know, they're just terrible. Yeah. This game, you start out with two basic attacks. The direct attack, which will automatically target and hit the enemy right in front of you for a fairly large amount of damage, and the area attack, which simply spins the whip around you and does a small amount of damage to anything that it touches. And then by building on those two basic concepts, you build up additional abilities throughout the course of the game. And then in addition to that, you have the sub-weapons that Castlevania is famous for. Not unlike God of War, there are four by the time you obtain them all that you can switch back and forth between at will. Each one of them has different abilities for primary and secondary. In addition to that, there is a magic system whereby you can access both light magic and dark magic. And as you unlock further abilities, your light magic and your dark magic actually allow you to do additional kinds of attacks with your sub-weapons. It's been very clearly developed by people that are respectful of the franchise and are trying to create a deep system for gamers that are looking for that depth and complexity without having to overload you on the button combos that you have to memorize. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Any other weapons beside the whip that made it, like the holy water or the crosses or anything like that? I'm still only uh, probably not even a fifth of the way through the game. I mean, it is truly massive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The sub-weapons that I have found so far are the classic dagger, Okay. And not unlike the item crashes from Rondo of Blood, you can either just throw one dagger out or just start throwing a whole wave of them. Okay, so it has super moves of each sub-weapon. Exactly. Okay. Uh, and then the other weapon I found is, is something that they call the Dark Crystal, which is has nothing to do, first of all, with the Jim Henson movie the same name. <laughs> Except there is one sort of possible homage to that in that you have to find shards of the crystal in order to complete the actual weapon. Mm. Each dark crystal weapon requires that you find four shards. And then once you find them, its base attack is basically, you know, a super bomb that does damage to everything on the screen and does massive amounts of damage to uh, bosses. In addition to that, you also have to use the crystals to activate some of the mystical machinery on some of the earlier levels. So, you know, everything in this game has multiple uses, which is a level of detail you don't usually find. Uh, The other weapon that I've seen come in is your basic whip is called the combat cross. And the way it works is there's a chain inside the cross and the top part of the cross comes off and becomes the the end of your whip. And you can use it in the standard whip fashion that you always would in a Castlevania game. One of the light abilities that you can unlock for it is sort of the Holy Cross item crash from Rondo of Blood, which is a lot of experience points to purchase and does a truly massive amount of damage when you unleash it. Now, does Jesus come down on a crucifix and fill the screen? He does not come down on a crucifix, although it's worth noting that when you're playing as Richter... In the uh, Symphony of the Night that exists on the PSP version of Rondo of Blood, they kind of remastered it for that edition. And when you trigger the Holy Cross item crash in that, Jesus is actually on the crucifix. It's not just a cross. One of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, elements of the game. I think that's one of the things I, I was you know so surprised by on the uh, original Turbo graphics. So. 
well, you know, they can get away with things in Japan that would be controversial here. Exactly. And that's what I loved about it. Uh, besides everything else that was so perfect about that title. I can't find any flaws with that. It's still my favorite. It's absolutely hands down my favorite PS1 game. Mm. And, you know, it, it's not for nothing. You look at the, uh, at the PS1 originals that have been downloaded, that are downloadable for the PS3. The Symphony of the Night was one of the first ones that they put out, and it consistently remains one of the best sellers in the PlayStation Store. Yeah, yeah, it's great. To sidetrack, uh, did you notice now, Shatter, the year 2000 update to Breakout, is now free with your PS Plus membership. I did notice that, but only because I obsessively read the official PlayStation blog every Tuesday to find out what's new in the store. Gotcha. Hey, I still, Sony I still have yet to, to make the great plunge into oh, okay. PSP Plus, and, and I have yet to really find a compelling reason to do so because they keep picking the games to give away for free that I already have. So <laughs> That's what I want to tell Sony. Thanks for listening, and thanks for making everything that you're giving away for free things that I've talked about on the show and already own. So. Well, you know what that means. It means that we have the power to determine what comes out in the PSP Plus next. I'm going to talk about games I just watch on YouTube and want, and then uh, then I'll get them free the next month on PS Plus. Well, hey, if we can hook that up, I'll get a membership. So There we go. All right, man. Anything else about Castlevania? Because this is probably the next title that I'm going to be watching for sales and uh, price drops or something of that nature. I just really want to to emphasize again if you have any love for the Castlevania franchise if you have any love for narrative based games if you have any love for Hideo Kojima of Metal Gear Solid fame who was very very intimately involved in the development of this title pick it up as soon as you can that's fantastic don't be shy don't be afraid of this one Um, plus you got narration by Patrick Stewart how can you go wrong wow now does he I can't I can't say it. I think I said it on this show once already. I'm not going to repeat that. Oh, thanks, Stink. Uh, Stinky just brought me a cup of hot cocoa. Now, uh, do you do you have do you drink hot cocoa in California? I mean, it's never really hot cocoa-y weather. Oh, what are you talking about? This is winter time. The ambient temperatures have gotten down to as low as like 70, 69, <laughs> 65 oh, okay. at night sometimes. Well, that, that's pretty chilly, but I, w- I would hate to be a hot cocoa salesman in California, I think. No, it, it's there's plenty of hot cocoa to go around in, in Southern California. You just have to know where to get it, and where you get it is Starbucks. I see. Now, I, I also know that there's uh, chilled uh, hot cocoa. Which is, uh, I guess it's chilled cocoa. Well, I've been drinking chilled hot cocoa my whole life. I just called it chocolate milk and paid a third as much. (laughs) Put some ice cubes in it. Absolutely. All right. Since we're talking about Xmas and the holidays, any good zombie games you played lately? Well, I mean, come on, Wiggly. Let's talk about Dead Rising. The whole premise of this game is zombies in a mall. What could possibly be more Christmas in America than zombies in a mall? Ah, I see that tie-in. Now, do they trample over each other and stampede? And how do you how do you kill a zombie? Oh, I know how you kill a zombie, but uh... that's actually one of the genius parts of this game. Literally, anything in the environment can be used as a weapon of zombie mayhem. Sure, sure. You can run around in the music store and pick up a guitar and smash them over the head with that. You can run around in the maintenance tunnels and pick up a baseball bat from the sporting goods store and a box of nails from the maintenance tunnel and spike the baseball bat and hit them over the head with that. You can find 
potted plants that are put in the mezzanine of the mall and hit them with that. You can find tanks of propane, throw them into the crowd of zombies and shoot them with a gun so that they blow up and take out dozens of zombies at once. Literally everything in the environment can be picked up and used as a weapon. And most of them can be picked up and combined with other things in the environment to make bonus weapons that not only do more damage, but also get you more experience when you use them. You know, though, i got to tell you, that sounds incredibly fascinating, but I would really love to play an American Gladiator-style game inside of this zombie-filled Dead Rising 2. Then, congratulations, Dead Rising 2 is the game for you. Oh, it is? There are actually two main modes to Dead Rising. The first mode is the campaign where there's this story of the main character being framed as having started a zombie outbreak, and so he has to venture into the mall to find clues to prove his innocence because, you know, where can you find clues to prove yourself innocent of a giant conspiracy than in a shopping mall? But in addition to that, the premise for this game is that the zombie apocalypse is not an isolated thing. It is a part of American life and something that we all have to live with. Mm -hmm. And so in the inimitable way of Americans, they have found a way to capitalize on these zombies by creating an American gladiator style pay-per-view spectacular called terror is reality. You, the main character of the game, are one of the contestants on the latest edition of this show. And when you get tired of trying to prove that you're innocent of the conspiracy charges, you can actually enter a mode where you play an episode of Terror is Reality online with three other opponents. There are any number of just silly, ridiculous games. One of them has you shooting paintballs at zombies as they pop out of windows. One of them has you riding around on a motorcycle that has chainsaws strapped to it, and you have to get as many zombies as a drive-by as possible. Mm -hmm. But for me and for this show, the absolute best event is Ramster Ball. Ramster Ball. I see. Ramster Ball is a throwback to one of the classic American gladiator games where the competitors are in a giant steel cage orb, probably about six or seven feet in diameter, and have to use that orb to knock each other off of a platform. The updated version of that is that you and your opponents are in these giant steel cage orbs running around an arena filled with zombies. And what you have to do is run over as many of the zombies as possible, either killing them by trampling them to death or throwing them up into the air with the rebound of your ball. And the more zombies you kill and the more quickly you kill them, the more points you get. But there's a twist. Only one of the four competitors can be scoring at any time. If you want to be able to take the ability to score for yourself, you have to ram your ball into the ball of the person who has the ability to score and then run away from your opponents and into zombies as quickly as possible. Hence, Ramster Ball. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that was one of my least favorite events on American Gladiators, but it sounds (laughs) like I might enjoy it if I'm tossing zombies up into the air. Absolutely. What says zombies more than giant steel cage balls? Indeed. It's really kind of a neat aspect to the game. Some people have complained that as inventive as finding new ways to combine the weapons in the mall is, it can get somewhat monotonous to do nothing but run around the mall and whack zombies over the head with whatever weapons you've managed to improvise. So I think that you know adding this terror is reality aspect to it gives the game a little bit more dimension. And there's another interesting thing quirk to it, which is that a lot of the items in the game that you can buy at the various pawn shops that are run by the gangs that have taken over the mall 
are hideously, hideously expensive, like twenty five, thirty thousand dollars expensive. Mm. The money that you win playing Terror is Reality can then be assigned to one of your save slots. So when you reload that save slot, instead of having the six or seven hundred dollars you've managed to scrape up off the floor that people have dropped, suddenly you've got sixty thousand dollars and can actually go in and buy some of those weapons and start kicking serious zombie butt. I see, I see. Okay, well that sounds good. Two by R, thank you so very much for joining us on We Talk Games. Absolutely. Looking forward to next month. Happy Thank New Year, Wiggly. Same to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 2PyR. 2PyR. Hey, when are you going to get to my games? What do you mean? We just did a whole bunch of your games. Yeah, but. Oh, yeah, butts. Just calm down over there. Across the country, across the ocean, let's open it up for John E. Capcom. Go! Go away! Go! John. I will go to, to, to the arcade. Let's rock. Hey, what's going on? What's going on in the games? Well, there's a lot of the video games. I realized that uh, recently. There's well over 100 video games. We come here to talk about them. Yeah. This uh, beautiful Chinatown you see before you. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Hit me. Uh, yeah. Just uh, played two uh, wrestling games for the um, Game Boy Advance. Uh, mm. WWF Survivor Series and WWF WrestleMania X8. Um, All right. X8. Uh, they were like a good kind of uh, analogy for the WWF or WWE as a product because they look great, but they don't wrestle so well, you know? <laughs> uh, the character models, the way they walk, the stuff look kind of good, especially for the Game Boy Advance. Uh huh. Decent sized roster, considered not nowhere near like a Fire Pro Advance or whatever, but they're enjoyable as kind of a curiosity, I guess. You know, is it pixel art? Is it isometric? What does it in comparison to the Fire Pro that came out for the Game Boy Advance, LJN King of the Ring type of thing, eight bit Nintendo? What do we got? It's more of a wireframe colored over with pastels, no faces. Wrestlers, uh, hmm. side on, non isometric, bad fire pole ripoff. I they see. didn't, it, that, that's the best way I can describe it without being really mean. The thing about wrestling games with limited amount of buttons is, I mean, like Fire Pro gets it because, you know, you lock up and then you've got your other buttons to do other things. One of the buttons in this grapples. So you're not really left with a lot of choice. <laughs> yes. What about the shoulder buttons? One of them does uh, a taunt, okay. and one of them, uh, I think, runs. Uh, yeah, one of them is like, you know, you run the ropes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, like, if you wanted to body slam your way through the 2005 roster of the WWE, by all means, go pick it up. Uh, sadly, the same can be said for Tukon Red Suit in advance. I'm probably not presenting that, presenting that right, but that was like the. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling yeah. series of games. Yeah, I, I believe that's absolutely correct. Yeah, I played it. Uh, I think it translates into Fighting Spirit. Uh, right. It also translates into the same as the other games, because <laughs> it doesn't work quite well. I see. Uh, it's got a grapple button. I mean, it looks nice. You know, it looks better than the WWE ones. Again, it's a nice curiosity. You can break it out and go, oh, look, uh, there's the Battle Arts roster circa 2003 or whatever. You know? Right, right. Oh, but, uh, this this just in. I, I Keith is in my ear. He said the correct pronunciation is Toucan Ratsatutans. Oh, okay. Can that be right? Well, I don't know. Well, Toucan, toucan Ratsatutans 
uh, you can go pick that up uh, at any website that offers Game Boy Advance games. I see. Boy, <laughs> that's terrible. No one does that. I'm talking about an import website. Gotcha. You know who I like to get my games from? Rising Stuff. Very good company. Oh. That's where I got my uh, Pachinko controller for my uh, PC Engine from. It's two fellows that live in Japan. I think they run a, a small, actual physical store as well. And then they have uh, website orders. And very reasonable prices. Amazingly reasonable. Well, see, that's what I like to hear, you know. Especially the hardware suppliers. Mm. The only problem with consoles is, of course, the shipping just kills you. You can get... FM Towns for ten dollars. It's just that the shipping costs two hundred fifty bucks. So that's that's what the problem is with uh, with systems. But the games less, much less expensive. Hey, you know what? I was playing a couple Game Boy Advance games. I was playing a lot of arcade games. I was playing a lot of Xbox. Uh, thanks to Stinky over there. But one great title that I never knew about, and you know I'm a big fan of this fella, Popeye Rush for Spinach. Now, I said they should make a new Popeye game, and, and here they go. Popeye Rush for Spinach. Never knew it came out. It was available for the Game Boy Advance. You can still pick this up from the Wiggly Mini Mall, probably around anywhere from $14 to 20 bucks. And this is not only a Popeye title, but it's also another type of genre that I like, and that's foot racing or unusual racing. Like when a person's just running. I can't remember the PlayStation game that came out where you were just running. Pen Pen Triisalon, I love that for the Dreamcast. And Popeye Rush for Spinach is a side-scrolling, action-platformy type of racing game. And it's Popeye, Bluto olive oil and wimpy and you all race and there's a little story mode and sometimes you know sea hag and all the different characters from the popeye franchise are in it as well and this was like i said released by namco so it's a it's a pretty solid game as far as artwork goes it's gorgeous and you plot along you jump you pick up spinaches to dash you can pick up your opponents and toss them behind you unless they jump out of your way and there's all different types of obstacles, little springy things that you jump onto. Sometimes you get in a car and you're driving <laughs> with a car for a certain amount of time. It's just a really fun, little, neat game. Now, is it worth 20 bucks? I don't know. But if you're looking for something that's easy to pick up, and it uses password saves, so you, you always have to you know, carry along, around some eyeliner to write on your palm of your hand if you're playing this on the bus. Uh, and then uh, you can start where you left off with the password save but Popeye Rush for Spinach I'm glad I got it do you have to pay for it straight away or can you can you wait till like Tuesday or whatever it is (laughs) yes yeah very good I'm not that quick Uh, right now I'm burnt out yeah I'm burnt out now as I mentioned throughout the show Stinky of course gave us his Stinky picks and I know that he Ask you to review some titles. And as Stinky mentioned, he tried to pick games that he thought we play a lot of or we tend to gravitate towards. Isn't that right, Stink? Yeah, well, I know that John was talking about Sunset Riders a couple episodes ago. So I thought this was a, a great another little arcade game that came into my noodle when I thought about Sunset Riders. Oh, yeah? Well, what do you got for us, John? Uh, well, it would be uh, Wild West Cowboys of uh, Moo Mesa for the arcade. Moo Mesa, you say? Moo Mesa. It's apparently 
another world, kind of like Earth, uh, more specifically kind of like uh, the Wild West of Earth. Okay. Uh, and instead of people, there's uh, anthropomorphic cows who have taken on a kind of, you know, Western aesthetic. Certainly, if you want to play another uh, sequel to Sunset Riders or, you know, another game of that ilk, this is it. There are no prostitutes in this game, and we'll point that out straight away. <laughs> there aren't many kind of racial stereotypes in this game, so you might be disappointed if you want some more of those, you know. I see. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, I love Sunset Riders, but when I was a kid, I thought it was awesome, and none of it was, you know, you, you don't really kind of see the layers of offensiveness. Sure, When sure. you're an adult, and, you know, you see the Native American guy, and he's, how do I put it, not sensitive. He's not a sensitive mm. creation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But uh, this game is a lot of fun. It's that same two levels of you're walking along the ground, but you know you can jump up to a higher ledge, and that's the kind of play field you got. You're side scrolling, a lot of enemies, and you just got just a run gunner basically. It's nice, big, chunky sprites. You know, great kind of '90s arcade look to it. The music is pretty good. Uh, I'm not sure how if you're a fan of the uh, hit cartoon series Well with Cowboys and Mesa. I'm not sure how faithful to the original show it is in the way it treats characters, I understand some of them are kind of modified to, you know, actually present a threat to the uh, aforementioned cowboys. We've all got awesome cow-themed names, you know, like Dakota and, well, actually, you know, Buffalo Bill, I think is the name of one of them. <laughs> all the cool names, I mean, and the thing is, the, the cowboys themselves are, they're kind of neat looking, you know, they're just, again, anthropomorphized cows, but one is it'll be like a quick cow, and the other will be like a big bruiser, and he'll have like big uh, tusks coming out from under his mouth or something. It's uh, it's it's neat. I, I for an arcade game of its time, like uh, I think I guess it came out early nineties. You know, it's surprisingly easy. I beat mm. the game on five credits. Wow. Well, I was just you thinking know. about that before I hit the sheets uh, last night. How I think arcade games are, for the most part perhaps a step above casual gaming, except that they, they're they only that way if you kept pumping quarters in, because then you could just keep doing your special move, your special move, your special move, and you can get right yeah. through the game. But it costs you, you know, like $100 playing The Simpsons if you wanted to yeah. just, you know, keep doing that. Um, so it, it's sort of like this weird mix. It's It's almost too hardcore or casual gaming. That costs you yeah, a lot of yeah. money, you know? It's like, uh, they did manage to achieve quite a weird balance where it was just like, oh, come up and play the turtles, you know? This is for kids. Mm-hmm. It's It's got turtles in it and whatever else. And you can play through the first level and beat it and you're getting your money's worth. And then the second level turns up and it is hell. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, that sewer level is a nightmare. I mean, you got to be, got to have skills to play. Mm-hmm. The thing about this game is, it's got kind of a Mega Man kind of deal where you uh, pick out the levels you go through. Okay. So I guess they throw more enemies into uh, a level depending on what order you pick it in, but all means they're all kind of balanced out. So if you pick the style of the game up, you'll get through a lot of them without dying much, you know? And I mean, as I said, it took me five credits to get to the, to the boss, and that's the, the only big difficulty spike in the last level where you go after the mass bull, which is uh, the, the big boss, so to speak. His level is extremely tough, and uh, once you get to him, he is like ten times tougher than any of the other bosses. But uh, the patterns that the bosses have are all really cool and really neat. 
you know, I, I recommend it. I mean, like, it's just kind of sad that it isn't, um, it isn't out on, like, Xbox Live Arcade or something like that, you know? Well, maybe it will be. I know that <laughs> Sony uh, tends to bring out the games that I mention on the show for free <laughs> two months after I buy them. So, who knows? Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa. I'm ready for it. Yeah, it should it definitely, definitely play it if you can, you know? And, uh, another game that uh, Stinky asked me to play, which I had no problem playing because it's one of my personal favorites, is a Cabal-style shooter called Wild Guns. I'm right. I forgot about that one. Um, you know yourself, Cabal-style shooter? You got the uh, you got the reticle up on top of the screen, your little guy uh, moving to the bottom. You know, you move him along, and you move the, uh, the aimer, if you want to call it that as well, uh, onto the enemies who are in the background of the screen, and they shoot towards you, and uh, the... Uh, <laughs> The, um, the environments are destructible, and it's got that really kind of neat, kind of rounded Super Nintendo look to it. Very kind of odd game, because it starts out and you're just, just like a cowboy shooter, but it's also got this weird kind of sci-fi angle to it, where you're shooting giant robots and stuff like that as well. And It's a tough game, but you get a, if you can destroy 100% of the environment, you get like a bonus, so you get a couple of bombs and stuff. But uh, if you pick this up, and I think it's on the Super, I think it's on the Virtual Console. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, so if you go get it, it'll take you a while to get through it, but it's it's a lot of fun, and it's um, it's kind of, like, and I often talk about Cabal, and Cabal, I like Cabal, blah, 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 but I think the games that came after Cabal were actually better than Cabal, mm-hmm. because this game would certainly, certainly kind of pushes that concept further, and I mean, one of the great mechanics in it is where you can see where the bullets your enemies are firing at you are going to hit, but if you uh, continue to fire and jump, the guy will get out of the way. So you can create some real mayhem by just locking on, firing, and jumping. And it's just, it's it's a great mechanic and a great little, you know, great shooter. Like, if you can, if you're into that kind of game, I mean, if you've never played a game like that, maybe you're stuck playing a Zombie Panic in Wonderland. I think that's the one that we wear. Mm. Yeah, right. Isn't, isn't very good, I'll be honest with you. Don't waste your money on the WiiWare game. Go into uh, go into the Super Nintendo section and pick up Wild Guns, and you'll have a lot more fun. I think that was just a Super Nintendo exclusive. I don't think that ever came out in the arcades or anything. No, no, it didn't. It was made by Natsumi, um, and they they just made it for the Super Nintendo. That's great. It's a great title. I remember? Yeah, uh, I think I can't remember what year it came out in, but um, it's, I think it was around '84 or something like that. Just uh, yep. And another game uh, in the same genre would be uh, Blood Brothers. Have you ever played this? Ah, uh, yeah, yep, yep, definitely. Um, that that had cowboys in it, I think. It did. Or Indians, Indians as well. Yeah, Native Americans. It's, it, yeah, it's very, very cool. Again, another example of how and this is made by the same people. It is Cabal, but better. You okay. Know? It's got the same dance when you kill everybody. <laughs> Uh, and like you know the canyons you're fighting in are, are destructible and stuff like that. Uh, another very easy game though, from honest with you. Uh, hmm. Again, it took me like five credits to get to the end boss, which considering I was playing this on a friend's arcade machine and uh, I'd never really played it before, mm-hmm. it was great. Though, but I, but I, I blazed through it. Like you know, uh, I'm usually I'm usually the guy who's uh, one credit out. You know, <laughs> if if you see me at a cabinet, chances are. You won't have to wait long for your turn. <laughs> you know? 
I did pretty good, I think, with NOM 75, having owned it. Uh, I think I was able to get all the way to the end just on one life. But then when I get to the end, that, that final robot uh, was, uh, was kind of difficult. But uh, I, I actually got pretty good at it. Now, Blood Brothers, I think that was only in arcade, right? Yeah, that was only, that was only an arcade release. Now, I know that Stinky asked you to do one more, and uh, I was going to wait for the council, but because it's sort of the same type of genre, I'm dying to know how how this game oh. stacks up against Wild Guns and Blood Brothers. Well, that game would be Dead Angle, wouldn't it? For the Master yeah. System, right? For the Sega Master System. Yeah, I own um, this one. Yeah. Can you fly? Are you flying? <laughs> <laughs> Are, are you flying? I'd like to know. Uh, I couldn't tell. It was just like, don't stand in front of the guy. But I started to fly. I was killing Dick Tracy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a gangster-themed shooter like Cabal with the same gangsters that just keep coming at you and coming at you. They're, they have the same color trench coats and everything. And I'm surprised Stinky didn't give this to me. I, I saw his list of games he was giving out. I'm surprised he didn't give it to me because I brought up Dynamite Duke. And Dynamite Duke, you, you know, you can see through his his torso. Uh, and this one, you're just a, a ghost outline. Uh, you're yeah, a dead are you guy. a man called like <laughs> Patty Angle, and you're his revenge, you know, vengeful ghost <laughs> flying through this city, killing Dick Tracy and you know some guy in the grave. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you, you appear to when you get shot, you produce um, like atomic symbols. Uh, I believe. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Didn't play. Didn't play much past the first level. Okay. Uh, I, I will say this though: the the graphics for what they were outside of the actual ones that you used to play the game, mm-hmm. the menu graphics and all that, they look really good. So I mean, if you want a game with a good menu in it, uh, definitely play that angle. If you want a game that you you know after playing you didn't feel like giving up on video games, then don't play that angle. <laughs> but. <laughs> You know, well, again, you're playing a video game. What do you got to complain about? Yeah, I think that angle probably, as far as the games that Stinky uh, recommended for you, I think that's probably one in the poop column that he has given us. <laughs> it is, but at the same time, I kind of love that I played it. Yeah, me too. I think I think he's challenging us. Uh, he definitely has surprised me with a lot of these games. I didn't even know there were sequels to, or other versions of games like this. So I'm, I'm very glad that uh, he came up with this Stinky's picks. One game I'm surprised he did not ask me to play, but I played anyway. Uh, was Guardians of the Hood? Have you ever played this one? Oh, uh, that's sort of like a Final Fight-ish game. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, but it's sort of like stick figures and pit fighter. And uh, I, I know there's like gangs. It reminded me of Warriors, which, um, you know, they were trying to copy off the Warriors uh, movie. Yeah. Um, and it's just really bad. Yeah. Well, tell me more about it. It's just, it's a pit fighter Final Fight NBA Jam edition. <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you you can pick one of four stereotypes. Right. Uh, the girl who liked biking, the ex-wrestler who no doubt takes steroids, uh, the guy who wears a t-shirt that he's cut the, uh, he's kind of cut in half so he's abs show. You know, that guy who you all see hanging out at the gym. Right. And some other guy who I couldn't be bothered remembering. And uh, he, there's a gang of people called the Dreads 
who have taken over your hood, you know, and uh, you got to go take care of them. And you're out there and you're, you know, you can interact with the environment sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's like a lottery because you're supposed to be able to bang the guy's head into the car, <laughs> you know, like when you're beating up this dreadlock guy for whatever reason. And, uh, but it's impossible to know what depth you are in right, the game, right. which is surprising because they use depth effects. Because when you bring the guy closer to the foreground, uh, your sprite increases in size, just like the NBA Jam back in the, the arcade, you know? Sure. Uh, I think Midway did it. I guess they were just like, well, we've developed this technology to make Pit Fighter. We might as well do another one. <laughs> I'm surprised they got past quality control of my own system. <laughs> I will say this. If you want to experience the highs of 90s arcade games, go play Cowboys and Moo Mesa. Yes. If you want to experience the awesome lows of 90s arcades, go play uh, Guardians of the Hood. And just What world produced that game? I don't know. I don't know who... I, I can't understand the mind. It's fascinating, and it's <laughs> terrible, and it's awesome. But <laughs> it's just... I, I, had to, I, I had to bring it up. Right. Well, uh, one game that is going to take me about three seconds to review is... Uh, one that Stinky wanted me to review that is not a sequel to anything, but just a, a horrible game. Hardhead 2. It's a ghouls and ghosts ripoff, except with a nursery rhyme type of music playing, plus Mario Power Blocks and a Bubble Bugle. It was made by Sun A. came out in 91, so here we go on the 90s um, arcade games. The interesting thing about this is that where Arthur gets hit and he loses his armor and he's running around in his underwear when little hardhead 2 gets hit his only wardrobe is a pair of pink socks oh does he have his balls on show <laughs> no no he, it's just his it's just his belly and uh, there's also a little weenie bump sort of like when homer is naked or um, peter from family guy the first one was actually a full Mario ripoff that had you climbing block steps and then you kicked a soccer ball at the end goal instead of jumping on a flagpole. <laughs> uh, that's it. Sounds like you won't forget playing anytime soon. Now, a great game, and because I was playing arcade games much like you when you played Guardians of the Hood, I also played one of my favorite shooters. NMK made some great shooters, um, and I love vertical shooters and I love horizontal shooters. But I hate vertical shooters that you have to play horizontally. So thankfully, I have a rotatable monitor so I can play my vertical shooters vertically. And this is a great title, uh, one of these bullet hell titles, Gun Nail. It's uh, two-player co-ops, if you like. Big sprites, very big sprites. So it's not as refined as some of the later bullet hell shooters. Larger ships and larger enemies. You have three shields, and each time you get hit, it takes away a shield, and you dump all your power-ups. Sometimes you'll get a chance to pick up a super power-up, and that will take your ship to the maximum. Now, although this is a bullet hell type of shooter, only the bosses deliver a true bullet hell. But... What I really like about this title is that the minions in the level don't necessarily fill the screen with a big pattern, but their bullets go really, really fast. And I mean, holy crap fast. So it's, <laughs> it's very fun to try to dodge those attacks. So uh, check out Gun Nail if you get a chance, which a great name. You know, when I think of guns and nails, I, of course, think of a spaceship shooter. Who made that? NMK. I've never heard of him. Oh, yeah, they, they made, like, Thunder Dragon and Desert War. They worked with the Jellico a lot. 
So a lot of the games by Jalico were developed in cooperation with NMK. And uh, they also made Bomb Jack Twin Thunder Dragon. I think I mentioned that. Yeah, Thunder Dragon 2. Super Spaceport Macross 2, of course, with Ban Presto. Oh, cool. That's one of my favorite games, Super Space Fortress Macross 2 they made with uh, Ban Presto. Well, Ban Presto, are, you know, they're, they're pretty badass, you know. <laughs> they're quality. I love the Super Robot Wars and stuff like that. Bandai, very famous for one of my favorite systems, the Pladia. The, the good old pastel colored remote control uh, one joystick play a postage stamp Ultraman and other Bandai animes in a <laughs> Dragon's Lair type point in the direction that the game wants you to point. CD-ROM. Yeah, it was CD, that's for sure. <laughs> that's one thing about it. It was on CDs and it was in stereo. Well, what do you want? But Bandai also brought us the Wonderswan, which is a fantastic handheld if you ever get a chance to get one of these things. Not a lot of games if you don't speak Japanese, but some real gems in there, and I always bring it up. Tekken Card Fighter. It was for the original black and white Wonderswan, but just a fun card trading style Tekken game. Um, what are some of the other really great ones? Well, I like the Ultraman for that, so there you go, that Ultraman tie-in. That was one of the first systems they, they started bringing back the Final Fantasies. They looked fantastic on there. As well as uh, Muscle, uh, Ultimate Muscle, it came out on there, not bad at all. Was and it interactive, or was it like a, you know, a DVD to show? It was more based on the anime, but the characters... A little bit reminiscent of the first one on the NES, but uh, they're they're a lot they're a lot better rendered. I mean, if you remember the first one on the NES, the characters were like two giant pixels, and that was supposed to be your characters. These are cute little chibi versions of the second generation muscle characters, and they just look fantastic, and it it plays pretty well. Yeah, I like the Ultraman. I had to get him out. Final Fantasy uh, two. That was great. I have Gigantor, which I really don't play too much because I love Gigantor, number one. But number two, you sort of need to know Japanese a little bit on that one. And Denson the Go came out for that, so I love that title by Taito, the Go by Train. A nice little version of that. And once again, the Tekken card fighters. And there's also a great version of Crazy Climber. It's a neat little system to have. It's not backlit. But if you can get an inexpensive Wonder Swan color, I think that there's uh, a couple neat titles, and you'll look cool playing it as well. Well, it was featured in uh, Street Fighter Alpha, the movie, so I mean, <laughs> more revelations than you want. <laughs> right on, man. Listen, just to tie in with your uh, your Bullet Hell uh, game there, I actually picked up a Bullet Hell game for the iPod recently. Oh, yeah? And that would be Escaluda 2. came out Escaluda and... Dodon Patchy Revolutions or on the iterant directing store for I think it was about six euro, but they're cave bullet hell shooters, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They both look amazing. I played the light version of Dodon Patchy and I can recommend that, but uh, I plan, you know, pulled up the money for um for Escaluda too and uh it's auto firing so you're not like tapping the screen constantly. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh this is full-on bullet hell arcade stuff on your little screen, and it's. Uh, I'm not sure if it's iPad, um, if you can use it on your iPad, mm-hmm. which I mean would be amazing to look at. I'm sure, like you know. But uh, in, in saying that, the, this game plays 
excellently on the little iPod screen. Uh, big, huge bosses with their insane bullet patterns coming at you. I mean, every there's still bosses in every level, and their patterns are insane, and you'll be literally just swiping left and right, hoping to uh, hoping to avoid this onslaught of nonstop projectiles. And there seems to be some kind of narrative going on. I don't know what it is. It appears to, I don't know, some girls with wings aren't happy that other girls with wings aren't happy. And there's a boy who looks like a girl, and they all scream. I see. But, uh, <laughs> but they all shoot each other with, in, with insane weapons as well. And the cool thing is about this as well, the more you power up, you'll be unleashing some bullet hell of your own, you know? Ah, yes, You're right. Gonna, and that sort of cancels out all the bullets coming at you as well. Yeah, I mean, like, he, obviously your guy you control or whatever, he's only got a tiny little hitbox on him. So you can navigate through these big waves of uh, bullets pretty successfully. Like, you know. Gotcha. Uh, it's not the most difficult game in the world. You'll probably beat us first or second go, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's it's very replayable. Like, and, uh, I mean, it's just it's so need to be able to I mean like you know yourself bullet hell games uh, generally don't leave Japan that often mm-hmm. when they do there are limited release and stuff like that and they're hard to get a hold of and they'll go out of print pretty quickly none of those problems exist here you want to explain to your friend what a bullet hell shooter is you take your iPod out you take your iPhone out and you show them now right, right. and uh, it, the Hope Cave are making money so they're going to release you know so they'll release a lot more because I'd love to be able to have a library of them just on the go with me all the time. I mean, I'd love to be able to have a library of them so I could play with a joystick or something like that, but, I mean, if I only have to pay six euros for a game that I'd otherwise have to probably drop 50 or 60 euro on to import from somewhere, I mean, I'll do it. You know, that's a, it's a it's really neat. And uh, the day I picked up Escalude, actually, I picked up a game that I think you would love. Baseball uh, Superstars 2010. And if I'm not mistaken, this game might actually be free right now hmm. uh, on the iTunes store. And the reason I think you'll like it, one, is because it's a little chibi baseball game. <laughs> chibi style of animation. But it's also, it's the sequel to 2020 Super Baseball that you never got. Ah. Because there's actually robot pitchers and stuff in it as well. There's weird little characters. I mean, you can pick Satan as a character in it. <laughs> Uh, he punches the ball instead of hitting it with a bat. There's like, there's, you know, all these weird kind of, just weird kind of super pitchers and super batters that you can pick, uh, as well as like just the, the little teams themselves. And the art style of it is, is literally adorable. It's just this awesome little chibi characters that you're playing your baseball game with. But it's really tight to play. It's not as flowery, I guess, as say a Neo Geo baseball game. Hasn't got you know, but for the iPod or iPhone or whatever you want to call it, you're not going to probably find a more fun baseball sim. I mean, I I barely understand the rules of baseball, but I know I like playing baseball games, uh, you know, that have weird kind of eccentric characters. Sure, sure, yeah, me too. You know, and uh, this one, if you you know, you're, let's face it, SNK only really knock out King of Fighters games now, so you're not probably going to get. Baseball stars, professional pre or right. uh, twenty twenty one, I guess would be super baseball. Uh, so I mean, definitely check it out. And if I think I genuinely, it's from a Korean company called Gameville. I saw on their Twitter page that you can get 
Baseball Superstar Season 10, you know, for free, but it's got ads, basically, you know? Ah, uh, sure, sure, sure. If it's free, go get it and play it. It's impossible not to have some fun with it. I've been playing a lot. Actually, uh, Gameloft as well released uh, Driver yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yesterday only, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. It was a yeah. free downloadable game. Got it. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty good. You know, I will say that. Have you played through a bunch yourself? Or? No, I haven't played it yet, but I'm making sure that I try to grab up all their free games that they're giving away until the holiday. Yeah, I, like, I was surprised at how uh, smooth it runs. I'll be honest with you, Driver on the PS1, mm-hmm. I couldn't get out of the underground car park. You know, where you're supposed to... <laughs> you know, I remember renting this and, like, going, oh, this game is so going to be so badass. And I got home and I was like... I'm driving around a car park for the last three hours. <laughs> I didn't play the first driver for for too long either. I think I did like maybe two quests, and that was about it. Well, that was two more than I got. <laughs> <laughs> I remember just driving like a maniac and trying to, you know, go off of uh, crash the the worst I possibly could, and something about the beach, and that was about it. Hey, but yeah. speaking of uh, shooters on your uh, iDevice, I have uh, two two from Epic Force. I think I mentioned them before, iFighter and uh, Super Laser. Yeah, I mentioned these before. Super Laser is more of a, a spaceship-type shooter with uh, hand-drawn art, and iFighter is more the you know 19xx-style game. But I do have one on the iPad as well, and that's a game called Air Attack HD. And that one's done with polygons, but... They look good. They look good. It doesn't bother me. It was created with the Unity engine, but they made a 2D-style vertical shooter with the Unity engine. That one has great control, and it has a shop, so it's sort of like Ordines, where you fly into a floating shop and you can power up your weapons. But it's a neat little uh, fantasy World War II type of vertical shooting game. Epic Force makes uh, the iFighter and Super Laser, and I'm not sure who makes Air Attack HD. And I'm also, I think that might only be an iPad game. Oh, well, if you can go actually get, if you got the Capcom Arcade for your iPod yet, or iPod. yeah, uh huh. That's a, that's a cool little thing, you know. Uh, it's free, and you get to play a 1942 Golden Ghosts. Uh, Commando. Commando and Street Fighter 2. Yeah. And they all they all play the same way. Like Pope. I don't yeah. like it. I do not like the control on those. No. Nah, well, look, here's the thing, though, okay? It is free. Yeah, it is. And you can have the Street Fighter 2 track screen running on your, your you know, your device. <laughs> that is neat. That is, that is the best part of it. Yeah, but, you know, it's one of these freemiumware games where I think almost every company is starting to go. So they give you a certain amount of quarters that you can spend per day on playing these titles. And if you want to play them longer, then you have to buy more quarters. And I, I noticed Freeverse is going towards this freemium all over the place. They came out with this um, stuff that I'll talk about on one of our portable gaming bobbles. Coming your way soon, I hope. Hopefully. I was going to say, uh, I played one game, oh, one last okay. one. Yeah. Uh, it was Super Meat Boy. It was okay. <laughs> you bum. <laughs> well, if you played Super Tofu Boy, and you would know how great Super Meat Boy is. Oh, yes, you would. It's <laughs> the one thing that Super Tofu Boy does for you makes you appreciate a truly fantastic game that people cared about that created it. You know what it doesn't have, Super Tofu, Tofu Boy doesn't have? 
It doesn't have hella tight controls. It doesn't have hella tight controls. I am a hundred percent better announcer than the announcer for uh, Super Tofu Boy. Indeed. And everything else is better. <laughs> uh, Literally yeah. everything else. Is even better. even the price is higher. You know what I mean? They even got a, a a better price, higher. Higher is better, right? More is better. That's what I heard. Uh, All right, well, pal. Well, stick around for the council. Okay. It's just a guy yelling. That's all the show is. Okay, take care. <laughs> Bye. Johnny, great stuff. Loved it. Was that Keith? I'm uh, Keith is uh, talking in my ear. You can never hear that. It's in my headphones. It's like he's living in my brain. Oh, they're going to do their breaking now. Okay, very good. Put them on. Ohio City, Ohio, ouch! And also, by way of Comtree, England, and Detroit, Michigan, most currently, the pro wrestler via the internet and electricity, Marcus Marshall. Welcome, fellas. Hello, Wiggly. Hey, how's it going, man? <laughs> hey, now, the reason I brought you two on is because we're trying to promote and uh, get more than uh, five people into this We Talk Games Fight Network. Great to hear. The first yeah. rule of the We Talk Games Fight Network is tell everyone about the We Talk Games Fight Network. F and A. Let's call uh, it that. Yes. Swerve me there. <laughs> yes. Now, uh, ouch, you started this here? Yes, I did. Now, ouch, uh, I never heard of you before. Why, how, what brings you to I, I thought maybe you'd do this with Stinky. When are we going to get another episode with the, the Stinky Ouch? Uh, depends, you know. Trying to get him to focus, yeah. you know, like herding cats, so. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, overly involved in today's episode, and that's why we're short on time. But uh, basically, how do people find out about this We Talk Games Fight Network? Basically, if you go over to wetalkgames.com, you find the group that says We Talk Games Fight Network, and then send me, ouch, the group admin, a private message saying, hey, I want to join in. I believe I have most of the requirements of what I need. I'll make your character, and then you'll be fighting other fake people. Right. Well, other real fake people, and not only that, but uh, kicking the crap out of the We Talk Games crew, unless your name's Ouch. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Uh, I'm not no... saying there's a fix. I'm just saying that that's kind of unusual. Yeah, so is life. <laughs> okay. Well, let's be honest, Wiggly. Uh, a good sparring partner of mine, Phil Marshall, see... Last time I checked, he did do a little number on you. Yeah, he did. And uh, I just want to say that <laughs> I have the defense of a of a young Asian schoolgirl. <laughs> uh, Ouch, you made me wearing a, a Catholic schoolgirl f- skirt there. Uh, if there was only that option in this game, I would. Yes. Oh, let's be honest, Wiggly. You put on that uniform, you've got that shaved head, I just get turned on. I think it's Sinead O'Connor and want to get my rocks on. My goodness. Now, Marcus, what is your involvement in this uh, fight network? I know you're a big proponent of it. Well, not only am I a wrestler, but I also uh, run a company called Uniseven Promotions. We promote a number of wrestling events, and we are looking to get into the MMA universe. So uh, we definitely took a look at the WTG Fight Network and saw it as a new up-and-coming promotion. And we really wanted to get involved with the video editing, the basic promotion. And we wanted to push it to the stars on the grounds that we see true fighters when we see them. So we really wanted to be a part of the WTG Fight Network on the grounds that 
basically the best evidence I can give you is for people to just look at the archives, the actual Grand Prix that was held. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, holding the first event soon where we will crown the first champion. Yeah, you know, I, I think it has all of the makings of a UFC. In fact, very identical to a lot of the things that you might see in UFC. So I think that the We Talk Games Fight Network can definitely trump the UFC because I think it's almost as good. Definitely. We're really pushing forward. You look at most of the fighters, and all the fighters are so much different. My uh, own friend, Phil Marshall, see, he is one of the most calm guys I've ever seen in the cage. He never pushes the advantage. He always waits for that perfect opportunity. You look at other guys as well who really push the head kicks. They're really into their kickboxing. You see other guys who are looking to drag people down into wrestling. There is such a mix of fighters in that division, in the WTG division, that can really make this something special on the grounds that we're not actually seeing just mixed martial artists, but we're seeing styles facing styles. And to me, that is what makes it so special. Yeah, it's almost as if it's all the parts of different UFC people thrown into one, like a big mishmash of every little thing that they could do and talents they can bring and move styles and move sets and uh, different parts of the UFC, you could say, comprise each one of our fighters. So I was originally going to call it the We Talk Games Mishmash. <laughs> that is a, that's a good moniker. <laughs> well, it really is styles make fights, and I think from the first Grand Prix that has proven it. And I do believe that we are going to have some of the best fights in MMA going today. All right, fellas. Well, hey, thanks for bringing this to the attention of the We Talk Games listening audience. And I look forward to talking to you in the future. It's always a pleasure. I'll be willing to uh, give you blow-by-blow updates a couple of times a month. Right on. Just go to wetalkgames.com. It's as easy as that. Log in with your existing social networking logins and whammo. Go join the group We Talk Games Fight Networks. Indeed. Okay, bye, guys. I gotta go to work. Bye. All right, bye. We talk games fight network. Stinky, I, I saw you were even in there. Yeah, we get our butts handed to us. Indeed. Hey, well, you know what? Someone's gotta lose, but someone's gotta win, so why not go and join that now? And speaking of winners and, more importantly, losers, uh, let's, uh, let's open it up for this council. <sighs> Good luck. All right, the council is online. Kyle Von Kubik. Form of a puddle. Oh, wait. We did that already. We did this. Uh, Johnny Cardberry. Uh, Capcom. Yeah, Sorry. Uh, yes. Okay. Very good. And Eric Alex. What happened? My mother would love it because she hates the fact that, you know, I don't use the shoot name, but I'm just like, it's all kayfabe, man. You got you to gotta deal with it. <laughs> Mom, you must address me as Johnny Capcom. Yeah. In my birthday cards and everything. <laughs> Now, do they have birthdays in, in Ireland? I didn't know. <laughs> no, they're yeah, like we Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> we do get born, yes. <laughs> oh, you do? <laughs> Is that what happens? Yeah. You know, I, I want to say you're our European correspondent, but I, I don't consider Ireland like part of Europe. Do the Irish? Uh, kind of when it suits us. I see, I see. <laughs> you know, when we need money. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. You know, I, 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 I see you as being a, you know a fiercely independent uh, country. Yeah, that's Ireland is Ireland. Uh, it's part of Europe because we need to be kind of maybe because you want to spend <laughs> euros. 
Uh, well, nobody really does, but... And what do you I, have there, I, shekels? I think we've gone through this. We, we used to have pounds, all right? Oh, okay. They were actually worth something. Yeah. But then we changed over to the euro, and now everybody's broke. Very good. Very good. Great. Good economics. We we should look to the Irish for economic help in uh, the United States here. And uh, Eric Alex on the line as well. Well. And uh, today's council is going to be quite informal. Now, most people say things are informal when they're not organized. And I think that's exactly what we got here. I don't even know what our topic is. <laughs> the, topic, <laughs> the topic is all the Xbox games Stinky gave me to review. Okay. Uh, and, and some more. But it, really, it was going to be all of Stinky's, Stinky's request. What, what do you even call it, Stink? Stinky's Picks. Or you could call it Stink Picks for short. It's, yeah, it's a lot shorter. Yeah, Stinky's Picks. And the majority of them are the continuations uh, that I will be tackling that we did not know there were sequels to these games that we mentioned on last episode's council. I was going to say last month's council, but it was actually about 16 months ago. Last year's yeah, last council. Year's council. <laughs> the uh, Mini Mega Council, which actually was probably one of the largest councils we had, but yet this is the way we do things. Basically, the reason we save these is for reaction shots, mm. because it just wouldn't have been right for me to do them alone. Stinky, what game did you want to talk about today? Mr. Nuts! Yeah, you're no. not talking today. <laughs> Right, Didn't we done. kick him out of the last council? We did. <laughs> I did a lot of lobbying to get him back on the show. Well, I can review Elf Bowling. I was just playing. Oh, yeah, we, we, I think we all know what Elf Bowling does. Never mind. So everyone, look under your seats for copies of these games and give the Oprah reaction. The first game that Stinky reminded us all of that uh, actually did have a sequel was Ralph had a request for a sequel or a continuation of this game and thought it would be just a wonderful idea. And in 2003, evidently, they did a sequel to this game. It was by the game company Titus, of course. (laughs) And if you already have some Titus games, Titus games in your library, you know what to expect. (laughs) A discount title with a discount feel playability. (laughs) Except this was actually a game that, that launched at 50 bucks. (laughs) Well, <laughs> and it was for the Xbox RoboCop. Oh, yeah. Oh. There was a RoboCop game for the Xbox? Oh, yeah. There was by Titus, remember, the fox, that wily fox that says, I just got your money. <laughs> I saw a video of uh, a RoboCop being played. Well, I played and, it. And, well, I felt like giving up on everything, including, like, not only video games, but, like, reading. And, uh, <laughs> and movies. You know, yes. <laughs> just interaction with media. I played it for about an hour, and let's just oh, say geez. I did the first level about 15 times from the beginning because I didn't quite make it to the very end of the level, although I made it through several chapters of that level. There's no save spots along now, the way. And what is it? Is it a first-person shooter? Or we, Of course. Everything person? that everything I will be talking about today will, of course, be polygonal and total garbage. Uh, okay. And, you know, the, the other reason you're on is because uh, I like to commiserate. And on this show, we usually tend to stick to positive reviews and, and try to see the best in things. But Not today. St- Stinky's picks don't leave a lot. I'll, I'll try to do this as positively as I, uh, possible. It positively sucked. It is a first-person shooter. Moved along by your media breaks a la RoboCop with you know, your little news com- clips and ads also do the role. Uh, but uh, even that cannot save this game. The first thing that you'll notice is that you immediately want to throw your Xbox 
Xbox controller through the television because it is a harken back to... I don't know what year first-person shooters, I guess. It looks like a 64 game. I just pulled it up right now. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. The looks are probably the best thing about this game. But immediately, the joystick is an inverted Y-axis. Uh-oh. So, I mean, the first games to do this, I think, were like the... Unreal's, you know, Unreal One and Unreal Two, you know, mm. um, and let me tell you, the the y-axis inverted control for this is just awful. I was quite used to inverted y-axis because I played a lot of original flight sims and things. I was going like to say that's the only time where those controls are appropriate. Yeah, Chuck Yeager and stuff. And when you're using right. a stick, it's it's fine. But um, on this Xbox controller, and by the time this game came out. Um, that was that was quite passe, and you have to quit the game <laughs> to uh, uninvert yourself. So you go through, you shoot the bad guys and gals, you robo zoom in on things. That all works pretty well. You protect the hostages. Uh, don't kill a bad guy when he gives up, though, because then you get yelled at. Goes a little television static. Protect the innocent, and things like this happens. After you put a few slugs in him, of course, that's when the bad guy gives up. He doesn't give up right away by seeing a freaking robot cop killing all his friends. You have to shoot him a few times, and then he might decide to give up. That's just like real life. Yeah. Exactly. And then you have to run into him and press a button, and then he disappears. Uh, just like the hostages you save when you walk over them and the bums, and then they disappear after you save this, them. This sounds an awful lot like the ultra-crappy Judge Dredd first-person shooter for the Xbox. Yeah, it, it's not far off. It's not far, except in Judge Dredd, you can actually move at a decent clip. This oh. one, you know, you're Robo copying around. I gotta walk the slowly lurch from left to right as you do. No, and I would play it if that was the case. And since he's a robot, just like Mega Man, he cannot bend at the knees. And he also I'm pretty cannot, sure I saw him bend at the knees in the movies. <laughs> nope, not in this game, because uh, right. now he's a video game. And he also cannot jump, although Mega Man uh, does nothing but jump. This guy cannot jump. Um, Question, uh, yes. you unlock Sting as your partner? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> there is minimal uh, environmental damage, uh, some windows, and you can also explode some gas drums. And interestingly... We would not see this uh, for for quite some time unless Stinky, once again, tells me I'm wrong. In the next episode, he's got to wait that uh, when you do explode some of the gas drums, they fly up into the air. Although that new forgettable name. Uh, open cause too? Yeah. yeah, just cause. Yeah, that type of thing. So that's uh, kind of interesting, but nothing really can save this. You complete the objectives and get a mission report rating at the end of each level. But like I said, do not die in the game, or you will go back to the beginning if you did not complete the entire mission, and do not play this game. <laughs> why, did, why did they even bring that out? I mean, the original Xbox was many years after RoboCop came out. Well, you know, it's it's Titus. They were probably looking for a license, and yeah. they felt this is quite uh, relevant to today's youth. And uh, they must have listened to Ralph. You know, Ralph probably wrote him a letter, <laughs> yeah. baby Ralph. Please bring out a RoboCop for me to play on my Xbox. Google Gaga. And the, the ladies love melted Peter Weller as well. 
<laughs> and that's just the thing. You get no... How did he become RoboCop? No one knows. He's just RoboCop in a lab, getting out of a Frankenstein chair, ready to uh, bust criminals. Now, I'm not sure but, if I like that about it or don't like that, but how about, like, in the pre-roll, you find out about who the hell RoboCop is? Can I just ask Wiggly? Yes. Did you buy that for a dollar, or was it a more than a dollar? I think you could get this for three dollars. Oh, rip off. Yeah, it is a little bit of a rip off. You couldn't uh, buy that for a dollar then. <laughs> the movie tie in. Yeah. Now, the second game, I'm going to let you guess at what this is. Your brother is an ex con, and he's still in his prison shirt for some reason. You become a bare knuckles underground fight club fighter competing for money, and you walk into a porno movie theater. And you arm wrestle against the concierge at the concession stand so that you can walk in on the boss of the pornographic movie theater and catch him with a girl under his desk making other crude remarks. And all the while you are saying the F and the S and the things and the things and the cursing and the everything else. Now, what game could this possibly be a sequel to? Well, I'm thinking you said porno theater, so I'm thinking burn and fight. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> because of yeah. the, the one uh, guy outside the theater um, yeah. uh, uh, grappling you uh, around the waist with his yeah, with, with his, his head, head area, yes, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, that's a good that's a good guess. No, I'm talking about, of course, Capcom's Final Fight sequel, Streetwise. Oh. Final Fight, everyone. I don't know if this word is exemplary of the apex of what you could get. I don't know if there... Uh, the word is gratuitous. I don't know if that is its own limit. But if there's such a thing as mega-gratuitous gratuitousness, this game would fall into that. Uh, right away, Kyle is the mm. younger brother... Uh, not you, Kyle. Oh. Kyle is the younger brother of Cody. Now, did Cody go to prison? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, he's in, uh, isn't he in one of the Street Fighters in, in prison Alpha. garb? Yeah, in Alpha, in, in the black and white Hamburglar stripes. Okay. He a knife and he goes, ha ha. All right, so let he me. He goes, rubble, rubble, rubble. The ham murderer. You know, I stable, never. Stable, stable. I never put that together that that was the Cody from Final Fight. That's the same Cody. They're in the same universe, dude. Very. Oh, I know I'm they're in the be, same universe. I'm about to blow your mind, all right? You know Guy in Street Fighter Alpha? Yeah. It's Guy from Final Fight. Wow, well, now, don't be a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> you know Hagar, the pro wrestler that's in Final Fight? He's actually yeah. the same Hagar that's a pro wrestler in Saturday Night Slam Masters. Correct. Well, and you know what? He's also the same Hagar, the pro wrestler that's in Mighty Final Fight. Which is awesome. Yes, it is. But, okay, well, that's very good. But here he's in his, uh, he's in his yellow uh, prison suit, and he just got out. It starts off, Kyle is in Fight Club, which is kind of already going down the poo-poo platter game area because Fight Club was an Xbox game as well, and equally as stinky. Um, so you start out and you're doing this Fight Club thing. It's third person removed. It's most likely the most vulgar Capcom game ever created. And it's trying to cash in on that Xbox 
clientele, I guess, that became popular with games like uh, the Grand Theft Auto and the Godfather. Halos. Halo, Halo did, I guess, have a little bit, but this, I mean, this is one after another. You do the Fight Club every once and again to try to earn some money, and then you run around the city streets beating up thugs or residents if you want to turn evil and get a bad rep. Mm. And you're also competing in mini-missions. And just like any good hero, after you stab to death uh, some of these enemies there, you steal their money or their gold teeth. <laughs> <laughs> you're kidding, That's right? That's what the Nazis nope. did, right? Nope. They're, they're, <laughs> that, that is what the Nazis did. Uh Thanks for bringing up, making sure we fulfill our Nazi quota every single episode. <laughs> At least one show. Yeah. <laughs> At least once every show. Uh, and like I said, the, the porno theater snack bar clerk, you arm wrestle him by mashing on the A button, and then you walk in on uh, the girl under the desk. Very crude, very gratuitous, like I mentioned. why Cody go to jail? Yeah, why did Cody go to jail? Uh, I think he just kind of fell off the rails and he missed the the combat, you know? I see. And then he joined the underground fight clubs. <laughs> yeah. I think he got Jessica knocked up and turned into a deadbeat father and he was dodging. <laughs> okay, that's getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> So, no problem. Now, you know, I get this type of, of vulgarity and this type of humor and this type of thing going on in Grand Theft Auto. I get it in Punisher. I get it in Godfather. Viva Pinata. Viva Pinata, I can understand that. You know, you're so, it's just so overly cute and sickening waiting for your gardens to grow and trying to grow the best garden and just want to, you know, go and beat up your, uh, the Pinata poppers. I don't even remember what goes That's on in there. That's a console later anyway, so. Let's get back on track. Oh, yeah, that's true. It is. Uh, but do we have to bring the Final Fight franchise here? Well, Final Fight <laughs> is always a little gratuitous. Yeah, but it's gratuitous with people dropping hamburgers and, and you know, stuff like that. You know, it's yeah. funny. Funny gratuitous. There were yeah, it was funny when you, yeah, you punched poison in the face and get some cleavage happening, so... I guess yeah. that's true, but it wasn't trying to be dark and serious. I mean, the thugs still drop cash and hamburgers in this game. I guess you could look at Final Fight as being somewhat more innocent than the original, because it was like the Japanese looking at Guns N' Roses and weird movies, uh, I guess the Warriors and stuff like that, and making up their own amalgam of it. Mm-hmm. And then maybe true harsh life lessons when they visited whatever city inspired us. They were just like, oh no, it's all full of porno theaters. and yeah. <laughs> you know. It's Manhattan, is what it is. Mm. There is a, another mode in it where you just go and beat up people. And there are two unlockable characters, which I did not unlock. And I have a feeling they might be you know, some familiar faces, but I could be completely wrong. It might be um, Kyle in a, in a dress, you know, who knows. But, <laughs> hey? you know, no, the okay. Kyle, Cody's younger brother. But do we have to bring sodomy into the picture here? Whoa, when's that brought in? With the girl under the desk. Oh, oh, oh I got you. What oh. do you think she's doing under there? Cleaning? Absolutely. Here's the thing, all right? There was a character called Sodom in Final Fight. That's true. It's full circle. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> but, you know, maybe if this was presented as being goofy, but they're playing this as street life. The underground, nothing's funny about this. You know, they're Mm. trying to really, except the hamburgers falling out of people. (laughs) How does that happen? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's all this serious thing. It's all this slicing people open and and hitting them with baseball bats. 
and there's your Warriors tie-in. It's it's got it's got that stuff. But I mean, the original one did as well. But sure. I don't, I didn't get a metal pipe. Uh, I don't know what else is really in here, but I really think the original was like that whole idea of in the I guess mid '80s into the early '90s there was this thought of the super criminal, uh, which that's kind of the whole premise of the Warriors is these street gangs ruling New York City, and even into the mid '90s the Japanese sort of had the view of New York City being like that because mm. one of the Godzilla movies they go to New York and it looks like and the people are acting like it's a final fight like there's some pimp holding somebody up who's very colorful and everything i can't remember what godzilla movie it was but um i guess flash forward to the 2000s and they were just trying to cash in on uh like you said the the success of a grand theft auto and make it gritty but definitely not the way to go with a franchise like that exactly yeah you know, that'd be like trying to turn street fighter into I don't know UFC, uh, you know, or right. uh, or even a Def Jam sort of fight game. Yeah, hey, hey Sanrio, where do we take Hello Kitty? Uh, of course, <laughs> you know, in the octagon. Right. <laughs> Instead of just creating a game from scratch, let's bring uh, a beloved franchise into the, this idea and this environment. I would accept this out of any other. If they just made a game from scratch and didn't bring that mythology into it, then I would be cool with it. And the last one uh, I'll get to, and um, I, I, I did peek at Stinky's uh, request, so I know that we probably will be talking about the Warriors pretty soon, uh, especially with all this Warrior mentions. But let's do the last one. I don't recall who it was, maybe me, maybe somebody else, but they wanted to see a sequel to NARC. I think it might have been me. <laughs> there was you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was a 3D sequel to NARC that, uh, that came out. And it came out for the Xbox as well. Now, some of these games also came to the PS2. I remember this one. Narc is a Grand Theft Auto with Greco-Roman lockups and an Ace Crusher at the end. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you go around, you handcuff people. There's no riot suits. Uh, you are a uniformed cop. Uh, at times, other times you're in plain clothes, and it's full of other cursing cops. So you get your gratuitous cursing cops. No real extreme weapons. There, there is one level that has a, a grenade launcher, but it, it works so poorly, and you must use the grenade launcher in that level to complete that mission. And there's a lot of that. There's force missions in here. You, you are forced to smoke and sell pot by other cops. You know, just like the original <laughs> narc really yes. carries that storyline on. You talk about superhumans and supervillains, and uh, here were the ultimate two superhero cops, riot gear and everything, going through to stop that Mr. Big, you know what I mean? Right. And over-the-top villains, and that's all they were concerned with was stopping him. You also throw in some Pokemon Snap, and Lara Croft happens as well. Wait, what? Yeah, there's there's one level where you have to photograph a gang, uh-huh. and... Um, it is probably one of the most frustrating... Well, no, the whole game stinks. But it is very, very frustrating because you're on a rooftop and you can see almost the entire gang, so you start snapping away and everything's good. You have to get their face in and it goes ding when you took a good shot. Otherwise, it says, ah, crap, with other words. I got to get in a better position. This viewpoint sucks. And you could go right... In front of them, in the little basketball court that they're hanging out in, and be shooting this one guy right from there, 
and it says, I'm not in a good vantage point. His face is filling your camera lens straight on. <laughs> I'm not in a good camera vantage point. You have to find where they want you to go to take the pictures. Gotcha. So it's terrible. But that's the Pokemon Snap. And then there's also Laura Croft because you're, you're hanging off ledges and jumping to the next ledge and stuff like this and, and finding uh, different, um, you know, uh, gems of Quetzalcoatl and <laughs> and stuff yeah i'm I'm getting i'm getting in the theme of these games um robocop i don't i think robocop uh, might have had one curse word but i don't i don't think it was uh it really had too many curse words judging by narc's box art i'm gonna say that they were going for shaft but didn't get the license That might make anybody else can well, see the box. <laughs> either that or Rudy Ray Moore, because uh, oh, yeah. I don't what even think it's it's Shaft there. Uh, now, like I said, like the original Narc style, you can also become a drug user or a drug pusher. And why not? <laughs> now, if you don't think I'm serious about being a drug user, let me tell you about the power ups in this game. When you smoke pot, it does a slow motion Max Payne time control. For a limited amount of time. If you take LSD, it turns the pedestrians into big-headed jesters and the criminals into devil heads. If you take crack, it will make your heart pound uh, so that you you can hear it. And you can shoot better in the... You're more accurate with your snipe shots. Yes. So take crack to get more accurate at shooting people. If you take Quaaludes, it freezes the game for 10 seconds and allows you to look around. It freezes time, and then you can look around. If you take so is it safe to say the, the FBI uh, winners don't use drugs opening is not in this version? I, I don't remember seeing that, but I can almost guarantee that it is not in there. Unless it's the one that Rhino uses with the, where they draw the yes, mustache yeah, on them and stuff like that. that. Nobody <laughs> else is, but we get it. <laughs> They're DVDs, Rhino yes. DVDs. Now, speed. Uh, speed is probably the only amusing part of this game. When you take speed, you literally run around like the Flash. <laughs> you are running through the streets like the Flash. It's better than the Flash game for any system. Or the television um, show. Yeah. And when you take ecstasy, it makes the camera rock, and you're invulnerable, and the camera rocks back and forth like you're, you know, loving everybody and stuff like that. You're invulnerable? Yeah, you know, just like on ecstasy. Nothing hurts you. Everything bounces off. Wow. I can't believe they don't make you, like, have to drink cups of water in that, but yeah. that's <laughs> your narc. The weakness. Do you do the junk? Do you do the heroin? No, you don't do heroin. Just, uh, oh, oh, but I mean, they drew the line, then did they? Yeah, they would have crossed the line with <laughs> <Yeah>. that one. <laughs> Crack is okay. Quaaludes, speed's okay. We better, we better yeah. slow down after Quaaludes. <laughs> Quaaludes is is kind of innocent. Uh, you know, smoking pot is kind it's of innocent. Pretty dirtbaggy. Like this just sounds like a dirtbag game. It is a dirtbag game, and, and let me tell you, you know who developed this? Midway, their own oh. franchise. It's not like they. You know, sold their license to someone. Right. I guess who's dead midway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. So those were the horrible games Stinky made me dig into. 
Now, let's hear about the Warriors, because I know the Warriors also came out for the Xbox, and it came out for the PS2. And uh, I've heard some mixed reviews on this game. I liked it. Yeah. Did you, are you a, a fan of the movie? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's so, one of the best movies ever. It is a great movie, and boy, I'm really surprised at how much influence it is having on today's youth, you know, like today's 20 to 25-year-old quoting from this movie all the time. In fact, if you know the Assyrian portal yeah. in Chikara, that's, he's not doing the Booker T, by the way. He's doing, can you dig it, from the uh, great announcer that goes throughout the, the live announcer, as a matter of fact, that goes throughout the uh, big gang wars in uh, Warrior, the Warriors. The, now, the leader of the Riffs. Is yeah, that what, what was his name? I can't even... Jeez. Oh, he was the president of the biggest gang in town, though. Yeah, I gotta look that up, because... I didn't know gangs had presidents until I watched the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> Cyrus! His yeah, name's Cyrus. that's it. Of course, the Warriors is a documentary about all the <laughs> gangs of New York that... Uh, where, where half face painted like baseball heads and uh, and baseball uniforms, and the guy from uh, Xanadu's in there, uh, <laughs> karate geese. Today's gangs only fly colors. We brought that up earlier, Kyle, with Roman soldier outfits. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, why don't gangs, you know, dress like this? <laughs> I don't know. It'd be a lot more entertaining on the news. Yeah. I might not mind gangs so much then. You might want to join one. Yeah, I might. <laughs> uh, did you ever see um, a movie called uh, Confessions of a Superhero? Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. you know what a bit when the Batman guy tries to fight the protesters? I don't think I made it to that part. I only watched the beginning. This is this is about people who make their living through dressing up like heroes and yeah. taking pictures with people walking down the street of, oh, of crowded crowded cities. Sunset Strip. Yeah, and then, yeah, and, then after, and then after they uh, get their picture taken, they say, you know, I work on tips, it's $5, you know, whatever. Well, there's an important point to be made here, right? Yeah. Mainly, the Batman guy, he has to fight these strikers or something. They're striking for some reason. And uh, when he starts to fight these people, and it was on the news, he has to start ripping the Batman uniform off. So I'd imagine... <laughs> There was probably, like, the Baseball Furies or the RoboCops or something, and then they were like, we will beat the crap out of you as soon as we get the gimmicks off, you know? Cause, I mean, you want to be in a tracksuit, really. Or, uh, <laughs> the, the Riffs have a good idea, because, I mean, they're in fighting gear already. They're in the karate geese, you know? Yeah, yeah. Ready, to go. ready to do karate. Yeah. Ready to That's break they boards. Were the they were like, here, warriors, hold these boards. and break them. <laughs> Nobody could figure out why the riffs were the Tao Kang. Well, the, war- the Warriors only had, like, thrift store vests in comparison they had to bowling. else. They had bowling jackets. What are you talking about? They were red leather vests. Yeah, oh, were they? they? Were red okay. leather vests. Oh, that's right. I was thinking of... Who wore the gold? You were thinking of the bowlers. <laughs> that's the bowlers. That's them. Yep. <laughs> Middle-aged men named Ned yeah. and Charlie. <laughs> and how about the gang, the Shiners, with their red fezzes and everything? Who was the girl gang? What, what was their name? Uh, you remember? Not the orphans. They were the chumps. Uh, All right. Well, we're getting way off. Uh, Warriors is a great movie. <laughs> so how, how does the game play in it? It, it really follows the storyline or what, Eric, Alex? It's a prequel to the movie. Okay. Uh, I haven't actually finished that game because my original Xbox died and the disc doesn't work in my new Xbox, which makes me cranky. I see. Uh but, yeah, the first uh, chunk of the game is a prequel to the movie. 
where you expand your territory in Coney Island and shake people down and steal car radios and it's pretty fun. It, it's got a lot of the same mechanics as GTA San Andreas, which came out around the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's got kind of that same, you can grab people and punch them in the stomach, flip them on the ground and beat them up. Uh, the combat system is a little expanded from that because there's not really guns. So there's a lot of different uh, melee weapons you can pick up and bash people with. Kind of a fun romp. The boss fights are a little weak. Uh, you fight this one guy who's just, he's a guy in a wheelchair with a gun and he's uh, the reason why he's scary is because there's a fence in your way and the only <laughs> thing you could do is throw bottles at him that's a movie like yeah well <laughs> my understanding is and i haven't ever gotten there is that the last few levels are the, the plot of the movie right. so that it actually you get to play through the the movie bits at the end just running from everybody and trying to get back to hellhole coney island that you call home do they say warriors come out and play yay? Uh, I didn't get any okay. part where they said that. Okay, very good. Little mini games for stealing car stereos and stuff. Okay, and there are the eight tracks? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I do know a little bit about this title, and I know that during the credits, which you actually have to sit through, then there's like a big gang wars going on, and you get to be, I think, the top gang. And I also know after you beat the game, then you can be the Baseball Furies, and it's a lot more difficult game. But didn't everyone want to be the Baseball Furies? Yeah. Sure. Pretty much. So that's that's kind of cool. For the record, they definitely do say Warriors come out of play. Okay. And I was going to do my imitation, but uh, it's a little late in the day. (laughs) That was one of Stinky's requests, Stinky's picks. Yeah. Hey, Eric Alex. Yeah. Yeah, hey, I just want to tell you that, uh, you know, you were talking about the Mortal Kombat mythologies and things like that. And the PS2 actually had Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub-Zero. It had Mortal Kombat Special Forces, where you were Jackson Briggs, but like a young version of him. You know, Jax. Does he still have arms? Did not. He had metal arms, even back yeah. then. Uh, and I got to tell you, I just saw the box. And uh, <laughs> also Shaolin Monks, the Liu Kang, and the, and the Kung Lao. But that was a good game. That was that was pretty good. They they finally like dialed it in. But uh, uh, on on the Xbox side, they actually had a couple of 3D because I'm in the in the mood for 3D Xbox crap games. Uh, <laughs> they they had of course Shallow Monks as well, but they had uh, Deadly Alliance, which was 3D, and then they had uh, Mortal Kombat De- Deception, and they also had Mortal Kombat Deception Collection with a K. This was where Mortal Kombat tried to do too much. They have a puzzle, Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat puzzle. They had the 3D, they had an original, and they even had like a chess, Mortal Kombat chess. What? Yeah. So get the, and uh, Mortal Kombat Deception was also the first one where you could battle online against somebody in that series. And, uh, and probably the best Mortal Kombat was Armageddon, because you had, uh, Armageddon it? Yeah, I'm getting it. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, why don't they make a Def Leppard game? Jeez. Uh, oh, yeah, that would be just great because of their lyrics, and then I bet their game uh. would be fantastic. Uh, ugh, that's me puking. Uh, but you had 50 characters to choose from in Armageddon. All right, Did you thanks. Did with all of them? 
No, that one didn't have chess. It just was it was your regular oh, Mortal Kombat with 50 characters. One, right, yeah. Could you play the, col- the collection version online? That is something that uh, I wish I knew. <laughs> I only saw the box. Okay. That, that one I did own, but I didn't play it online because I couldn't play my Xbox online. You know yeah. what I mean? I couldn't play it online because, you know, Splinter Cell. That's all I'll say. Splinter Cell. Okay. Yeah. I know what you mean, Stink. Your hard drive went up a few gigs. Bingo! I also asked you to play some other game. Uh, Not so much in uh, sequel mania. I know, Eric, Alex, and Wiggly, you both like those futuristic, crazy type of sport games that you like to talk about. So I gave Eric Alex... A really great alternative sport game for the Genesis. Wow, was this thing a piece of work, too? Yeah. Where did you find this game? That's what I want to know. This is one of my favorite games. <laughs> Ball Jacks? Yeah, you know why I like that game? The name is silly, just to start with. But yeah, why Mr. Do you Nuts. Like the game? All right, now, I'm warning you, Stink. Ball Jacks. That was a brutal game. I played this game. Did you? Yeah. What did you think? Hey, I love Pong and futuristic Pong with robots. How can it miss? I didn't see the connection there, but yeah, you're right. It is a lot like Pong. Yeah. So what what do you do in this game, Eric Alex? I'll let you uh, take the floor here. It's a futuristic sports game. You're a robot pilot, and your robot looks like a big orange crab thing yeah yeah you got claws yeah it's got two claws and your a button shoots one of the claws and your b button shoots the other claw when you shoot your claw it goes rocketing across the screen at the other robot and passes harmlessly through him to pick up a ball behind him well actually your opponent can block your attempt to shoot your claw through him so you can't get balls that are can't get balls going down a conveyor belt and back of your pong robot crab that's how you block him from stealing your balls but when you do steal a ball you have to try to bang it into your opponent so that it helps blow up his robot crab pong yeah but that doesn't really matter i mean you can you can bash him with the ball if you're extremely lucky but the object of the game is to get all of the balls onto the conveyor belt behind you exactly before time runs out just just so i'm following along you don't want to bash your balls you don't want to bash your balls into your own robot see you can bash your balls into your own robot which Uh, will destroy your robot once you retract the balls to you then your robot chucks the ball over his shoulder onto your uh conveyor belt Right. Yeah. And once you have all of the balls on your conveyor belt, your opponent has ten seconds to get the uh, get at least one ball off of there. And, <laughs> uh, and if they don't, they lose the round. Who made this mess? Namco. That is the most shocking part about this game. This is a Namco game. Yeah, it's barely a game. I. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was a tech demo for. <laughs> For how confusing the Genesis could possibly be. I, I'm, yeah, wow. It's good enough to be like a, this is the game you can play while an, while an actual game is loading type thing. <laughs> That's <laughs> but, true. 
It's Which I think they own the copyright on. Really? <laughs> yeah, playing a game during the loading screen. Ah. Yeah. It would be fine for that, but everything else, no. Wiggly, what was that trash game that we played on the uh, PlayStation 3, which had similar balls down the lane thing happening? Do you remember this? You mean you the, drove a little car around? Oh, yes. The, the, the game I bought for Chiz, because she loves... Oh, blame Chiz for this game. No, no. <laughs> I'm completely blaming Chiz for this, because her, one of her... The only game she ever talks about, <laughs> well, is Animal Crossing, but then the other game is Snafu. And she yes. loves Snafu for the... Um, the television? Yeah, for the Intellivision. And, um, you know, even though this is Snake, and we've seen Snake, and we've seen Slither, and we've seen all these type of things. So, uh, in the PlayStation Store, which is full of games you've never heard of, that no one will ever buy, and one of these days, I'm going to talk about them with Kyle, because we played them all uh, when I had him over. Uh, games such as Power Up Forever. Yes. You know it's good because it has the word forever in it. And any game with the word forever in it is awesome. <laughs> but what was this game called? Snake Ball. Oh, how Snake Ball. Snake Ball. <laughs> and, you know, there, there's ten variations of that game mode. One is called No Balls. <laughs> and the other one, of course, The Ball Ring. Oh. And I'm not making this up. Also, Bumper Jam. Bumper Jam might also fit into that. And Gold Tangle. It is a more isometric type of game, like Snafu, except that you're a little person driving the, f the head of the snake. And then you eat uh, pellets around the level, and then you grow a longer snake tail. Right. But you can, like, shock other people, and you could throw your tail balls at him. We, and we couldn't really figure out exactly what we were supposed to be doing. You can fall into black holes. I mean, yes. it, it was just overly complicated. And I think that's what hurts this robotic crab pong game. Uh, that uh, bang balls, what's it called again? Ball <laughs> jacks. Jack. Yeah, ball jacks. Ball jacks. And, and this only came out for the Genesis, I think. <laughs> I had to look, because I had never heard of this title when, when I got Stinky's package. I had to go look it up online. <laughs> And it only came out in Europe, so I'm going to blame Johnny Capcom for this all. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> now he's saying he's not European. <laughs> yeah. No, look, I'll take responsibility for that. Um, <laughs> you can take responsibility for WrestleMania 9. <laughs> Wouldn't we blame that on the Romans? Uh, no. Turn it back on me again. <laughs> Speaking about the Xbox, how about Raw for the Xbox? That was a winner. <laughs> oh, jeez. That was such a broken game. Your friend would come out and then beat the crap out of you. <laughs> Everyone walked like RoboCop. There was your sequel to RoboCop. Forget that. The AI was atrocious. Your allies would fight you. Your enemies would come out and assist you. Yeah. It was, that was a bad game. And Very it was, it was incredibly difficult to target, as I remember as well. Or climb up a ladder. Yeah. <laughs> Climbing up a ladder was the biggest challenge. It would take you like 20 game. minutes. Oh, jeez. Bad they have some good ideas though. There was there was one good idea in that in that Xbox Raw yeah, game. Two two player uh what is it, career mode or story yeah. mode or whatever. That's cool, but it's the game's gotta work first. Yeah. I'd like to see something like that come back though. Now you could play that with like four people. We we would just like sit around and, and try it, you know. The game sure. was pretty bad, but and, uh, we'd go through the couple of seasons. 
Oh my goodness! I remember just uh, going into the locker room and beating up Stacy Keebler endlessly because we found it hilarious that she would come out and interrupt my match only to assist me. <laughs> Stockholm syndrome feature. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. And is it my imagination, or did the graphics on that Xbox Raw game actually look better than the, the new WWE games that are coming out? I haven't played one of those SmackDown versus Raw games since since the Go Eight. Uh, yeah, I used to play wrestling games, but then I grew up. Oh my gosh! Oh. <laughs> okay, I think that that puts the icing on the cake of wrestling games. Not now, the part where I insult fifty percent of our listeners. <laughs> more, I think. More, I think. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. It was all in jest. I didn't mean any of it. But I did hear that this uh, there was there was a little troll with a hunchback and cross-eyed that told me this version 2011 was the game to skip. Oh, is that what Adam Sesso said? <laughs> That's what the Sess said. Hey, yeah, and you forgot about one. Uh, remember when you got in that stupid rollerball discussion? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. LL Cool J. Yeah, well, whatever. In 1985, there was a game called Mayhem 2002, all about the future. What would happen in 2002? I can't wait for that to happen. And it was a top-down, one-on-one rollerball arcade title. Did it have a trackball for the control? No. uh, You know what? It might have. There might have been a version of it, but I don't think so. But it was was just (laughs) one-on-one. It was like two-player, like, remind me maybe of... uh, Atari 2600 boxing, because that's like what you saw the person. Or, hey, what about that uh, football game for the Genesis? It was called Italian 90. Yeah, that's what it was called for you. For us, I think it was just called soccer. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It sort of looks, your characters look like that, and you're on a roller rink, which you would never know. Uh, And then you you actually have a tiny ball, and you try to throw it into a, a little hole. Right. All right, watch it with the balls and the holes. Is it like a basically um, the precursor to Speedball on the Commodore 64? Then? Ooh, Speedball. Yeah, maybe like Powerball for the Genesis as well. Oh, what was that awful combat basketball? I always talk about that. The Lambeers? <laughs> yeah, Lambeers, whatever his name is, whoever he is. <laughs> combat ba- I don't know. I love that. It's like the shad- your shadow is floating and the ball shadow, you really don't doesn't really correlate to where the ball is. It's a very bizarre game. Yeah, what was his name? Scott Lambeer or something. Well, I don't know. I won't miss him. Talking about Pong-style games, uh, Stinky also gave me a Pong-style game, which could be considered a future sports of sorts as well. And the game, the games, I should say, the series he gave me were by Visco. Visco. Yeah, you know them, right? We uh, creators of Cross Swords. There you go. And a, a couple other Neo Geo games. In fact, I did not realize this at the time. The game that he gave me reviews was Bang Bead. Yeah, I think you can buy that on quite a few websites, you know. It's for adults. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely seeing a theme with Stinky's picks here. Busting balls, banging beads. I get it. Yeah. I cringe when I see these things go out, and I hope for the best. Uh, Bang Bead was actually preceded by Battle Flip Shot. Visco uh, really trying to get in on this futuristic Pong using actual characters and quite developed characters as well. Nothing says the future like Pong. 
I don't know if they were t- t- taking this bang bead, which came out in 2000. Battle Flipshot came out in 98, which preceded it. But way back in 1994, Data East released a game for the Neo Geo called Windjammers. Indeed. I played it in an arcade recently. Right, and that you was like a pong or tennis with frisbees yeah. and power-ups and things like this. And that's sort of what this bang bead plays on. Don't Google image bang bead. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Why not? Oh, oh no. Oh, my. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Moving on. Let me start with Battle Flipshot. Battle Flipshot came out in 1998. You had special characters like uh, Nimoto, Siren, and talk about taking things from Dad East. The one girl character in the bikini is called Bloody Wolf. Mm. Now, I don't know, did Dad East work with Visco on this? Is Visco just some type of, I mean, what does Visco mean? You know, blood, viscular, I don't know what. Uh, Simon, spelled S-A-I-M-O-N. And you're given a two-round battle, so it's set up sort of like a fighting game, and your characters definitely look like they're from a fighting game. But this is actually a free-roaming Pong breakout-style game. And I say breakout because each one of your characters is trying to protect balls that are in back of them <laughs> that you hit with your ball. Yeah. You bang your balls together. Uh, Be careful. But... <laughs> In the first game, they're just stars in these balls, and you're trying to protect these from your opponent hitting his pong ball, which actually looks like a beach ball. So it's kind of weird. You're trying to do these special moves and these very serious super power-up moves, and you're throwing a beach ball around. Um, And once you destroy all of your uh, opponent's star blocks, then you win. You win that round, and you go on to the next round. In the sequel to this, Bang Bead... (laughs) You uh, you actually have like an electric fence in back of you. So once you defeat all your of your opponent's more stylized blocks, then you have to also break down their the barrier in back of them, and then you win the game after that. You might be able to pick up Flipshot quite easily, whereas in Bang B, the AI is a lot tougher. Something you got to ease yourself into. Oh my gosh, Stinky, you're fired. Uh, oh, that was Kyle. Uh, <laughs> I think you might say you might have to ease them into you. (laughs) I've heard of people showing up at hospitals and having to have this game removed from them. Um, (laughs) I want Bang Bead nowhere near me, for the record, John. (laughs) Well, I think that you should try Bang Bead. It's it's, it's a great thing to try. You know, try anything once. Um, That's a portable game, so you can do it in the bathroom. Just just in case. Yeah. but you you do taunts, and these taunts help fill up your special meter. And once again, colorful characters, most of them return. You have a couple extra. You have uh, Surya. You have Mr. Justice. You have Simon. This time, two years later, they spelled it correctly, S-I-M-O-N. And uh, you have seven stars that you have to guard. Your special move in this version is very special. You, have, you can even have miracles. And how do they what, work? How do miracles work? Yeah. Miracles. Oh, okay. Uh, electricity miracles oh. as well. But some of your special moves will paralyze your opponent. Some will throw multiple star fires out of you so you could destroy several of their blocks uh, simultaneously. And really wacky backgrounds. Like you start out, it's a crime scene. 
So you're playing Pong on a crime scene with characters. It's all pretty cool. So I enjoyed these bang beads. I enjoyed uh, Battle Flip Shot and uh, I enjoyed Elf Bowling. Well, friends, how can we not go out on bang beads? Ah, wow, we could talk about any other game in existence. (laughs) (laughs) But do yourself a favor, bang bead, robot, pong, crabs. You definitely don't want to mix up the robot crabs with the bang beads. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Council, thank you for joining in on the fun and levity. Thank you, Stinky, for giving us a lot of fodder. And nightmares. Yeah. (laughs) Council is adjourned. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, that's it. Thank you so very much for joining us. We couldn't do it without you. Please make sure to dig deep and get yourself some really cool stuff from the We Talk Games second annual Co-op for Kids 2010 edition 25th anniversary. Just go to wetalkgames.com, click the link for Co-op for Kids, and see for yourself the amazing generosity of the artistic gaming community. Thanks to Johnny, Capcom, Kyle Von Kubik, Eric Alex, 2PyR, The Council, The Fight Network Kids, Stinky, and TT, wherever she never has come back yet. I mean, maybe she's shopping for some late Hanukkah gifts or something. Uh, I never get anything good for that anyway. Well, maybe Santa will stick something under your Yule log. There's always that. And we hope to be bringing you some bobbles, bobbles coming your way for the new year. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Be safe, have fun, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye now.